Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. <laughs> America, great again. Oh shit, you got coronavirus. Start spreading. Mayor Bill de Blasio is receiving some pretty heavy backlash after the New York City Democrat posted a video of he and his wife dancing in Times Square on New Year's Eve. This after the mayor and police told New Yorkers and anyone thinking of traveling to the Big Apple for the holiday to stay away and watch a virtual version of the ball drop. And 2020 is freaking gone. I'm glad I brought two bottles to this. Oh, my God. That's how I felt when I saw Mayor de Blasio dancing just now. I just don't need to see that at the beginning of 2021. Do something with this city. Honestly, get it together! Start spreading. The you are fake news. Very fake news. Do not come to the area. If you think you're going to be able to stand there and watch the ball, you're mistaken. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Skag free, whoever he is. All right, go, go. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Did you have a good New Year's Eve and day? Yeah, I was driving home from Colorado, an undisclosed location in Colorado. Let me tell you that drive, hell on earth, I will submit to whatever new world order if it means that I can fly. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you will happily wear a mask uh, with a big smile on it oh, if you can avoid I will, the drive. I will double mask. I don't care. Fair, face mask. Yeah, the face shield and everything. Well, hmm. I hope everyone else had a happy New Year's Eve and a happy New Year's Day as well. Uh, certainly glad to see the last year go, but entering cautiously into the year to come. I uh, hope everyone got some much needed rest and relaxation as well, because uh, it looks like plenty of conflict and controversy is headed our way imminently. Shock of shocks. Uh, major national political events this week as the Georgia Senate runoff is coming on Tuesday, the day after Congress is set to certify the Electoral College results, but a growing number of representatives and senators are saying they will object at that joint session of Congress coming on Wednesday. We'll check in on the latest news there. Bill de Blasio might as well have flashed you the finger while he danced with his wife in Times Square as the clock struck midnight in the new year. Uh, he Obviously, he banned you from doing it, but he wants you to watch him do it. Did you catch what's on his wife's mask, too? Understated part of that story. What is known to the FBI to be a, a symbol among pedophiles was plastered all over her mask. What What is going on there? We'll take a look mm-hmm. at that. There was a, a deadly police shooting in Minneapolis, the first fatal police encounter 
in that city since George Floyd in May. The narrative was, as always, out faster than the facts, even though the facts were out the next day. The body cam footage was released the next day. We're still going to go through all the questions. Why did they have to shoot him? Well, it turns out they had to shoot him because he pointed a gun at the cops and shot at them. Shocking. But the cops should have de-escalated. The protests uh, continued uh, then have continued for the past few days. We'll look at that. We'll check in on the latest uh, battles in the mask wars across the country, as well as other coronavirus updates. And then I have surprise cringe to close. We're going to open up the new year aggressively in the surprise cringe department. So be forewarned. And we will. uh, Yeah, it'll be a rough one. We will uh, check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Streamlabs and DLive as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because, of course, we are no good lowdown money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com. One of the many things we have featured over on the website is special deals from friendly listener-owned businesses, of course. This week's feature business is our friends at Phoenix Ammunition. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your (laughs) AK-47. Good luck. An AR-15, which is the kind of caliber of an AK-47. What? This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. Well, if you're scouring your local gun shop shelves for mimetically enhanced high quality ammunition at the lowest possible prices save time and stress and go to phoenixammo.com instead that's f-e-n-i-x ammo.com batches of 556 300 blackout 9 millimeter 45 and other calibers are still rolling off the assembly lines and you can sign up for notifications when ammo becomes available that's at phoenixammo.com better yet follow on twitter at phoenix ammunition not only do you get a heads up on what ammo will be available and win but you'll get a choice uh or you'll get choice memes uh, for your troubles as a bonus for following on twitter uh as always phoenix offers five percent off all its products to listeners of this show using promo code mc listener that's phoenixammo.com promo code mc listener for five percent off all your big luau needs Find everything you need from Phoenix, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Charity Swipes, Sonoran Defense Technologies, Hero Soap Company, and more. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. All right, let's hop into the news, (coughs) of which there is plenty that is serious, and arguably this is a serious story too, but, uh, but he did it again, did Joe Biden. Once again, he referred to Kamala Harris, either directly or indirectly, as the president of the United States. This week, he was at a news conference uh, about coronavirus, and he was discussing how he took the vaccine to show just how safe it is and instill public confidence. And Biden referred to Kamala as, quote, President-elect Harris. I took it to instill public confidence in the vaccine. President-elect Harris took it, took hers today for the same reason. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, recall the priors. In September, Kamala referred to the upcoming, quote-unquote, Harris administration 
with Joe Biden as president is what she said in a roundtable on the economy. And then the very next day, Joe said it will be a Harris Biden administration. These so-called mistakes are far too frequent for me to believe that they are mistakes. Ooh, I mean, maybe once. You, uh, how much are you going to gloat if Kamala ends up becoming the president and you called it in a roundabout way dating back to like a year and a half ago, we should go back and find the clip. It was 20, it was 2018. I said, Kamala Harris, yes, but I did not think this is how it was going to happen. No, I was going to be outright elected. I mean, this time last year, Joe's campaign looked like it was dead all the way up until the South Carolina primary. It looked like. His campaign was dead, but here we are. So we'll find out. Most if, uh, voted for man in American history, apparently. Never forget. And praise be upon Susan for a remembrance of that fact. Hey, uh, as one person on Twitter called it, uh, here's a Christmas miracle for you. Uh, one of the Desmond groomers died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. Do you know this murder story with him, too? I was just reading about it today because I had no idea. So crazy. He killed some dude that I'm pretty sure was his gay lover with a hammer. Yeah, it's uh, as and then they try to like dissolve his body in a bathtub. It's really messed up. Yeah, some breaking bad shit. Uh, so this he is the got guy manslaughter. Michael, uh, uh, is it a league? A league, I think. A league. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, so this this guy mm-hmm. who is relevant to this discussion because of course he's one of the people that featured Desmond in various YouTube videos. These are two, uh, he's a club. Uh, he was like a part of this club kids thing or part of the New York city club scene. Yeah. And he was some, part of one of the groups of people that hosted Desmond among adults for discussion of whatever this drag kid does. He, Died of a, uh, uh, as I mentioned, he died of a heroin overdose on Christmas Day. But this, this <laughs> Merry pr- Christmas. This prior murder story in 1996, as reported by the New York Daily News here, he pleaded guilty to the murder of his drug dealer, Andre, also known as Angel Melendez, and served 17 years in prison. He got into an argument with Melendez, which ended with a friend, Robert Riggs, bashing Melendez with a hammer. The murderous duo later chopped up the corpse in the bathtub and dumped his body parts into the Hudson river. Now he served 17 years for that. So he got out of prison, what 2013, something like that. And then immediately gets back into the New York city club scene. And you have to wonder even the, 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 um, alleged or suspected sexual predation going on with Desmond, that doesn't even need to be part of this conversation for your parental red flags to become a, this guy hammered a dude to death or helped a dude hammer him to death and then tried to yeah. dissolve his body in the tub or did. Why now is come your... hang out with my son who's yeah. transgender, my tra- transgender child. No, he only wears drag. His, Desmond's mm-hmm. mom, Wendy has clarified he's not trans or gay. He only wears yeah, drag. Whatever. It was this guy that was <laughs> in the infamous ketamine clip, right? On YouTube. I don't think he was. I think that was, Maybe I'm mistaken. I thought that was other people. I know that he has that Desmond was on his YouTube show at some point. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was the the Pew channel or whatever it is. I've got the and then they were interacting on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, So you know they they had clearly been in the same room together at some point. Yeah. So, Um, but yikes, yeah. So he died of heroin overdose um, on Friday. And something else that was weird about the story. So some lady saw. His ex-boyfriend found him, mm-hmm. but some lady said that she had let another man in earlier 
before, presumably before he had died, that wasn't the ex-boyfriend. Oh. So there might be some murder angle here. But also he was 54 and doing heroin, so... Yeah, what, did you trick him into doing a bunch more heroin? I, how would that be? It, that seems know. like a weird murder angle, but who knows? I, I It seems like a pretty standard drug overdose, but um, yeah. yikes. I don't know. I'm not losing any sleep over this guy being dead. It's a Christmas miracle. Uh, no, and, and we haven't heard a Desmond update for a little while, so who knows? Maybe he's been hiding Desmond this whole time. Uh, we need a Desmond proof of life. Sometimes maybe soon. Desmond killed him. Mm. <laughs> totally justified. If that's, <laughs> if that's what happened, I, I understand. Go fund me. Yeah. Well, uh, there's also a lot of, uh, in new information in the story of the Nashville bomber, which we discussed last week, Yeah. but surprise, surprise, police were warned by this guy's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend that, yeah, he's, uh, he's into making explosives and stuff. You should probably be checking it out. That did not in happen. His RV. And so, okay, so they went and they they visited the girlfriend, the police. And while they were at the girlfriend's house, they also spoke. To, she had an attorney who was representing the couple because she was like, this needs to be documented. So the police spoke to this attorney and her. Um, and the attorney was telling the police that this guy was frequently talking about uh, being in the military, making bombs. And the attorney also said um, that he believes the suspect knows what he is doing and is capable of making a bomb, like straight to the police. <laughs> So then the police went to Warner's home. Uh, they saw the RV behind the house, but the yard was fenced in and police couldn't see inside. Mm. They attempted several times, but could not get the suspect to open the door. They did not have contact with him. And so they just like threw in the, the towel. They're like, well, that's enough investigation for us. So I, I guess they probably <laughs> didn't have sufficient evidence to get a warrant or otherwise search. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Which um, it, it, that is an important uh, principle to maintain, of course, but you got to wonder could could a little bit of investigation how how much time was devoted to hoax hate crimes and things like yeah. that instead of this oh and like we're going to talk about later it's like you're you're in a group of more than 6 and they're going to break up your mask party although that was in canada yeah. um and police have all the resources to enforce all this mask horse shit but somebody's making bombs in their rv and the girlfriend who has seen it going on is like yo yeah <laughs> this is happening and they're like dude won't answer the door yeah Unreal. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see how much this story stays relevant or if it just disappears into the memory hole. There have been some updates this week, so maybe we'll learn more, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll never know exactly why he did this. Motive still yet to be established, as far as I understand. If uh, this wasn't a PSYOP that was a yeah, government. A couple other pieces from that story that we didn't get a chance to discuss last week, real quick. Uh, it, so it, it's a claimed, I don't know if it's confirmed, but it's claimed that he had terminal cancer. And he did, oh, really? he did turn over his house to a woman for free. And I think it was had, his niece. Am I wrong about that? I, I don't know the relationship, but he, he was basically uh, giving, off, giving off his property to other people. And he, it's claimed that he had some kind of serious and or terminal illness. So it's possible that this is just one of those like suicide in a blaze of glory type things. Although the exact reason why you drive to downtown Nashville and apparently select AT&T as a target that, that remains to be explained. Yeah. And why you wouldn't kill any people either. Yeah. If it was just a, a showy suicide on the way out, the reasoning for that particular show remains a mystery. So who knows? Mm. Uh, hey, in a uh, political story as old as this show is, Brexit. <gasps> is that true? Yeah, well, it was like this was happening. That vote was like 
a few weeks after we started the show. I remember because we had a guest on explaining what the hell this even was because I didn't get it then and I still barely get it now. But I can report that after four and a half years, it's a done deal. On Christmas Eve, the UK and the EU have agreed to a new trade deal. Now, you'll remember, what was it, a year ago, we watched that great clip of those um, EU officials removing the Union Jack from the uh, Hall of Flags. And that that was kind of when the EU or when the UK left the EU. But the reason this is a more formal and in practical terms, more meaningful split is because uh, since that time, January 2020, a year ago, uh, there was still a transitionary period. Many of the terms of membership still applied in practice and the UK was still paying billions to the EU. So now they have a trade deal. Now the the uh, separation is is finalized more or less. There are a few threads remaining, but in specific terms, the UK and the EU have agreed to trade terms on workers' rights, social and environmental regulations. And uh, UK nationals will need a visa if they want to stay in the EU now for more than 90 days in a 180 day period. For all practical purposes, the split is finalized. It's done. But there are some uh, decisions on data sharing and financial services that remain. But congratulations to our UK listeners. I'm incredulous that that this is going to be a meaningful separation because I was totally convinced that coronavirus was the, the pretense for preventing this from, from happening. And so oh. I'm like, is this really, I still am like, that's really going to happen. Now, in fairness, I, I can't speak to the, uh, the quality of this deal. I have no idea if this is a good deal for the UK, bad deal for the UK. All I know is you're not part of the EU anymore. And uh, given the way the EU has treated its members and ruined a lot of its member states for the last X amount of years, that seems like an overall good thing. But uh, I defer to our UK experts on that one. Anyway, let's get to American politics, something I, uh, with which I am more familiar. Of course, major political events coming this week. As I mentioned, Tuesday is the runoff Senate elections in Georgia that will decide control of the Senate. And then on Wednesday, the House and Senate will assemble for a joint session of Congress to count and certify the electoral votes for president that have been submitted by each state, which is the final step in the process of electing the president before Inauguration Day, before we get to those items, the big controversy of the weekend, really of the day, is that the Washington Post has released segments of a phone conversation between Trump and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. The call took place. So this call supposedly uh, apparently took place Saturday, yesterday, as the mm-hmm. Washington Post characterizes uh Trump berated Raffensperger, tried to flatter him, begged him to act, and threatened him with vague criminal consequences if the Secretary of State refused to pursue his false claims. So the most controversial portion of this call that's being hyped on Twitter and and by the Washington Post and elsewhere is a segment where Trump says he wants to quote-unquote find 11,780 votes, which is the difference in the Georgia state election. Here's the clip that's circulating most. uh, You just want to have an accurate election and you're a Republican. We believe that we do have an accurate election. No, I know you don't. No, no, you don't. You don't have, you don't have, not even close. Look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have because we won the state. Did you uh, listen to the full recording earlier? No, 
I decided not to because um, it's clear that he to me that he's talking about uncovering the fraud, right? I listened to the four minute segment that the Washington Post originally yeah. published. So in the, that top of this story, it heavily edited, they they edit about every 30 seconds. They're cutting now later in the day. They did actually put out the full hour phone conversation, which I have not listened to yet. But in listening to this four minute segment, even in, in the segment they're presenting, it, this to me seems like the way this is being presented, the way that the way Twitter and the Washington Post want you to see it is that Trump is saying, I want you to fake or fabricate 12,000 votes to make me the fake winner of Georgia. And when you, this this to me seems exactly like the the sort of thing that happens all the time. Trump says something in a sort of inartful or uh, not ideal way, and it gets distorted to the worst possible reading by media and by, um, you know, for the Twitter clicks and everything. Trump might not have phrased this well, but he doesn't mean let's fake 12,000 votes. You listen to what he's talking about. He gives several examples of what he believes to be fraudulent voting or fraudulent activity in Georgia. He talks about ballots being shredded. He talks about Dominion voting machines being moved or removed or shady things that happened there. I'm not saying those things happened or didn't happen. We can have the debate about whether Trump is factually correct in those claims. But you listen to him in context. He's not saying let's fake these votes. He's saying because I've observed what looks to be fraudulent activity, I think that I won the state by tens of thousands. When 12,000 is only the difference, all we need to show is here's a, a piece of poor procedure or a piece of fraud that puts me over the top. That's what he's saying. It's an anti-fraud argument that Trump is making and is being presented as a pro-fraud argument. doesn't mean that everything he's saying is correct, but let's debate the facts of what he's saying rather than characterizing him as a tyrant who wants to fake election results to stay in power. That's not what this conversation was. I don't know. People on Twitter seem to care. Yeah, I'm also hearing um, from the right that this is somehow I, I'm, I'm feeling like a lot of people are wanting to peel off on the right from <laughs> Trump. This was kind of an excuse. Yeah. Uh, you know how critical I am of him. I, I really don't think that that's what he was saying. I think it was fairly obvious. I, uh, I can't imagine this being the deal breaker, though. Because to me, this is Trump talking exactly like he does in any public context, except this one is a private one. And we're acting surprised. No, I think they're just being opportunistic. I don't think that it's actually yeah. a deal breaker for principled people. I mean, I found that totally inoffensive. And th- there's such flagrant voter fraud anyway that it's like, why wouldn't he suggest something like that? Yeah, I, I don't take it to mean what it is being suggested to mean that Trump wants Trump is threatening a guy. Even the threats at least in what I've heard in the in the five minutes, the edited version that the Washington Post posted, he says things like, well, that's that's legally risky for you and your lawyer not to look into these things. Uh, uh, granted, I haven't listened to the full hour conversation, but I don't hear a threat. And I think that's why the Washington Post calls them vague threats, because that's not. Yeah, he's just saying it's legally he's saying you have a legal obligation to look into these things. If you don't, that's legally risky. Right. I didn't hear the threat portion. But again, I haven't listened to the full hour. The way that he talks to people. Yeah, I I don't know. This is just this is inexact, inartful, Trumpy talk. But why are we acting shocked about this four years later or offended or acting like this is some deal breaker? You were either in on the Trumpy talk already or you weren't. But who? I just I'm surprised that people are swayed by this thing or they act like it's some bombshell. Nobody's actually swayed by this. People that wanted to peel off from the right anyway were going to or they're going to find an excuse. And then people on the left just use this as fodder because they have nothing to do but hate on Trump. 
Do you think this really changed anybody's mind? No, no. I think it's an excuse, like you're saying, but for someone to be like, for anyone to be like, that's the last straw. I had supported Trump until this one. I don't think those people really exist. I think you were either on the train or off the train. And this is uh, just used to confirm your prior position. And that's fine. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if this controversy actually lasts. Anyway, it probably won't because the news cycle is going to change very rapidly. That story is going to go right into the Georgia runoffs on Tuesday. We all fear a script that is exactly the same as what happened in November, in which certain candidates appear to be ahead on election night. And then votes are discovered through a uh, painful days long process. And suddenly the results change. We'll see if that happens on Wednesday. Of course, we'll have um, the certification of the electoral college vote in a joint session of Congress. And we knew prior that there were going to be at least a few members of the house objecting to the counting of these electoral college votes and the certification of those votes. And some senators were sort of leaving open the door Well, now uh, a a large and significant number of Republicans plan to object at the counting and the certification uh, much more than previously reported. According to two Republican congressmen speaking with CNN over the weekend, 140 GOP reps plan to object on the Wednesday at the Wednesday certification. That would be a majority of the Republican delegation, though, obviously not a majority of the House and then 11 Republican senators now. We were talking about just a few and Tommy Tuberville was sort of hinting that he would now 11 Republican senators or senators elect, or I guess now senators, because they were sworn in what today the the new Congress is underway. But senators Cruz, Johnson, Langford, Danes, Kennedy, Blackburn, Braun, Loomis, new senators, Loomis, Marshall, Haggerty and Tuberville all issued a statement requesting a 10 day audit of the results from disputed states. The statement reads in part, quote, Congress should immediately appoint an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency 10-day audit of the election returns in the disputed states. Once completed, individual states would evaluate the commission's findings and could convene a special legislative session to certify a change in their vote. If needed, accordingly, the intent to vote on January 6th to accordingly, we intend to vote on January 6th to reject the electors from disputed states as not regularly given and lawfully certified unless and until that emergency 10 day audit is completed. And Mike Pence actually endorsed this idea, or at least endorsed the idea in general terms. He released a statement that reads in part, quote, the vice president welcomes the efforts of members of the house and Senate to use the authority they have under the law to raise objections and bring forward evidence before the Congress and the American people on January 6th. Now, is any of this going to change the outcome? Are we looking at Trump suddenly being elected or certified by Congress or Joe Biden being kicked to the curb? Not through this mechanism. It it will result in a few more hours of debate and drama and theater. But even even if the Senate Republicans somehow got their way, if they had the votes to get this done, even they are advocating for a 10 day delay. They're not saying overturn the election talking about more investigation. And unless you have something, some insane revelation that has not been previously discovered or disclosed, unless you have some crazy change in the fact pattern here, you're not going to change the results of the election. But here's why this does matter. I think we are approaching half the country just in terms of the populace, popular 
polling, that sort of thing. And half the Congress, certainly the House of Representatives, we're, we're trending that way to where half the country outright rejects the legitimacy of the federal government or at least the president. Good. And so you have that and you have the prospect of an incoming president who's basically a puppet for authoritarian communists. I know that's a slight exaggeration, but barely. I I would argue it's not much. It's not much. Mm -hmm. So if you have a puppet president for a party that wants to encroach on every aspect of day-to-day life with the uh, iron authoritarian fist and half the country believing they have no legitimacy in doing that, whether they agree with it or not, uh, that's a recipe for conflict and not just uh, slap fights. That's That's a recipe for serious quasi civil war type stuff. That's why this matters. Yeah. I mean, if this is what it takes or what it took to get people to realize the illegitimacy of the federal government, then fine. All right. I guess, yeah. this is, I guess we're doing it. That's, that's <laughs> the silver lining. I keep looking for, I keep hoping we can all agree on is can't we just agree that the federal government sucks and scale back their power and do that peacefully. But of course, how often does consolidated power voluntarily release that power? Pretty much never, never. happens. It requires revolution. I don't say in that in an endorsing manner, Susan. I say that just as a matter of historical fact. Power consolidates. Revolution frees it back up again. That's the way these things happen. And the more, uh, the more we consolidate that power, especially, <laughs> especially in ways that make half the country believe it has no legitimacy whatsoever, the more likely that sort of conflict becomes. Another uh, piece of the uh, a, a federal a piece of federal government botchery that uh, you would hope would inspire distrust in the federal government was, of course, the coronavirus relief bill. Last we talked about it last week, we were uh, surprised that Trump had backed off of his critical language and decided to just sign the bill as is. One one update to that story we didn't get to discuss last week was he released a statement basically right before or during our stream saying he was going to use the Impoundment Control Act to highlight a whole bunch of items he doesn't like in the bill, uh, declare them wasteful, send them back to Congress, urge Congress to reconsider those items and send them back to him for signing. Now, that's all nice, but it comes with a heavy and... Uh, Fatal asterisk, that is, if Congress says no, you still sign the law, it's still the law. So Trump can ask them to, but Congress has no obligation or requirement to eliminate the waste he's asking them to. At best, that move buys some delay in all the wasteful spending that nobody wants to see, but it does not stop it. At the end of the day, he signed that law. You're getting 600 bucks. The PPP loans will continue there's uh you know rental uh assistance and sri lanka uh, sri lankan boats get fixed and and uh, pakistani gender studies get all their what money joke. so that's where that stands and and uh trump of course had called for $2000 payments uh to individuals in place of the 600 bucks and congressional Democrats actually joined him this week. The House voted to pass a bill to do that, but that bill was blocked in the Senate by Mitch McConnell. McConnell introduced his own bill for $2,000 direct payments, uh, but he tied it to repealing Section 230 as Trump wanted. That, of course, provides uh, legal protections to social media platforms. 
Uh, and and uh, McConnell also wanted the creation of a commission to investigate 2020 election in- integrity. Those are poison pills for Democrats that they don't accept. So for now, what you get is the $2.3 trillion pile of crap that everybody hates. And that is your federal government response to a pile of crap year. Can we all please just agree to stop shoveling these people power? We can't keep shoveling them power and expect to get rewarded for that. Oh, 2020 is going to be, or 2021, it's going to be so much better. I'm so glad 2020 is over. So we have a new year that's not going to have any of these same problems, right? It's just, just, we keep getting it wrong. Just a little more federal power in the mix. (laughs) This time. It's close. It's close. (laughs) It, It is really, um, annoying that we can't all agree because everybody has their nobody likes this bill okay if, you, if you're a a conservative in the more traditional sense you hate the pork that is stuffed into this thing you hate the wasteful government spending if you're a, a progressive leftist you hate the fact that everyday americans aren't aren't really getting bailed out from all the harm that has been imposed upon them by either the virus or the federal government or local or state governments nobody likes it it's like okay we we don't want to send bags of cash overseas. Also, we want to help Americans. That seems like a common, seems like a deal that should be able to be made across the aisle. Like shake hands on that. And instead it's no, no <laughs> insufficient help for Americans and huge piles of cash for foreign uh, countries and foreign endeavors. You get the this worst really outcome. underlie the concept that uh, money is going to be meaningless imminently. Like well, within yeah, but... the next few years, surely we're going to see huge inflationary trends, right? No, we'll, no, we'll print our way out of this. Obviously <laughs> we haven't printed quite the correct amount yet. Right. Another point right. people have raised that I think is valid too. We look at these pieces of foreign aid, uh, the Pakistani gender studies, the Sri Lankan boat, the millions of dollars for Sudan. And we think that's stupid. Why are we doing this? And as silly and arbitrary as they seem, keep in mind, there is a reason that's happening. Someone's getting a kickback. Someone's getting a reward for that. Someone lobbied for that. There's some interest for that to happen. It's not just throwing darts at a, at a dartboard. There is a reason for each and every one of those. We just don't really know. So yeah. we probably should. We probably should know more about why we're doing that. Sort don't of ask thing. questions. Yeah, just uh, accept your 600 bucks and uh, Mm -hmm. call it good. Anyway, the reason I went that far into that one, because that's kind of old news, is because that's the context for McConnell and Pelosi getting their homes vandalized over the weekend. Yeah, this was Uh, surprising. When I heard that their houses got vandalized, I was like, oh, it's clearly over the coronavirus situation. A lot of people were wondering, are they hoaxes, too? Is this congressional hoax hate of the week? I happen to believe these are legit. Because the hatred for Mitch McConnell, they go to his house all the time. We've seen it before. Also, a guy took a shit in Nancy Pelosi's driveway like a few months ago. And that was live streamed. So that was real. And this is the same site. This is the same garage door in front of which he pooped in September. So uh, these are the homes of both McConnell and Pelosi. Spray paint on McConnell's door reads, where's my money? And uh, Mitch kills the poor. And then in San Francisco, this is at his home in Kentucky, in San Francisco, someone uh, graffitied, uh, spray painted all over that garage door, $2,000, cancel rent, we want everything, an anarchy symbol. And then actually, uh, as far as I understand, a real pig's head, but fake blood all over. So they went a little more aggressively. Why wouldn't you just go all out? You already did the pig's head. It's like, just do real blood. Yeah. Does the pig's head not come with the blood? I don't know. Is that not part of the deal? Or can't you get yeah. some? Can't you negotiate that? 
And then again, for all, for all of the hate, for all of the graffiti, for all the terrible polling numbers as one of the most disliked members of Congress and all of government for that matter, uh, for that matter, Nancy Pelosi just reelected your speaker of the house for the 117th Congress starting today. She won, uh, 216 votes to secure the speakership. Now that's actually a minority of house votes, but a plurality, I guess, sufficient. I'm not exactly sure how the process works here, but she won the most. So she's the speaker plurality sufficient in this case. Only five Democrats broke rank not to vote for her. Uh, A few voted for two. As far as I understand, two voted for alternative candidates, three abstained. All Republicans voted for house minority leader, Kevin McCarthy. Somehow, some way, this decrepit old lady always cracks the whip to get people in line. Even the squad voted for Nancy Pelosi. So keep shoveling power to DC. Not not in the vote. So she either threatened them with punishment or rewarded them with something to get them to see the vote her way because they all did. It's so corrupt. She's one of the most hated politicians. We keep shoveling power to D.C. And one of the most hated politicians rises to the rank of second in line for the presidency or third, however you count it, behind the vice president. We're going president. to have an unelected president soon. Highly likely, or at least more likely than any recent time. Well, even if it's Biden, he was also he was <laughs> not unelected. So. I retract my statement. Guaranteed. But yeah. if it's Kamala, she's double unelected. So. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that that's what's going on in Congress. Speaking of hateable politicians, the iconic site for uh for New Year's Eve is of course Times Square in New York City. Uh this year there was still a a ball drop as far as I understand. I didn't watch it, so I assume there was one. But uh ordinary people were of course banned from from witnessing that American tradition in person. Police barricaded Times Square an entry was strictly forbidden unless you're one, the CNN broadcast crew who did their show, which we'll get to in a minute or two mayor, Bill de Blasio and his wife in amazingly tone deaf fashion, de Blasio and his wife still danced to Frank Sinatra's New York, New York theme. When the clock struck midnight after forbidding ordinary citizens from doing the same. This after the mayor and police told New Yorkers and anyone thinking of traveling to the Big Apple for the holiday to stay away and watch a virtual version of the ball drop from home. Do not come to the area. If you think you're going to be able to stand there and watch the ball, you're mistaken. <laughs> and it's not uh, it's not like de Blasio got caught doing something. He flaunted this. The New York City Mayor's Office Twitter account posted this video saying, Happy New Year from the greatest city in the world. Maybe formerly. I don't... Who the hell thinks it's the greatest... Why are people fleeing it if it's the greatest city in the world? So, you know, the more we vote for these people, the more we endorse and participate in these restrictions, however minor and reasonable they may seem, the more of this crap we get and deserve. It's not just the voting, though. I mean, we didn't resist any of this stuff as a nation or as a society. So a long time ago, this became our fault. A long time ago. You're going to see more of this. The more we submit to this, basic elements of American tradition and life will be reserved for the elite, and they will flaunt it in your face while they claim to be acting in your interest. 
This is the ultimate mockery. I don't care. Someone gives me the finger on the street, gives me the old up yours uh, gesture. I don't care about that. This, this is about as insulting as it could possibly get. Oh, no, you can't go participate in this tradition we have every year that Americans love. But for me, it's very important that I have the public image so that you all see as though New York is looking to Bill de Blasio to be their fearless leader to get them out of this. Nobody needs. I had to get a haircut. Yeah, the Lori Lightfoot defense. Nancy Pelosi also did something similar. That's right. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, she did the uh, she went to the uh, the salon in uh, San Francisco as well. Yeah, let them eat cake. I mean, this is the society we have earned. I don't know what else. What else I can say? <laughs> the deep tinfoil is particularly interesting. And I say tinfoil, but I don't even think it's that tinfoil. Bill de Blasio and his wife have some splaining to do about this bizarre mask of hers. You'll notice this triangular spiral symbol on Bill de Blasio's wife's mask. Okay, that is a known pedophile symbol per the FBI, right? This isn't like some yeah. weird internet message board. This is FBI database knowledge or FBI knowledge base. This symbol, a in this case blue, but I don't know if the color is mandatory, a blue spiraling triangle framed by another triangle is known as the boy lover logo used by adults who prefer young boys. Why is her mask a series of spiraling triangles? I'm, I, I, I don't have any evidence that she's signaling to boy lovers but at the same time, it's a very peculiar mask to pick at random or for no particular reason. Why? Why was that mask selected? Why was it given to her? Maybe it was given to her by someone she didn't think about it. I don't know. If someone if someone gave me that mask, though, I'd be like, this is this is weird. Why the hell is this? Why would I wear this? I don't know. Do you buy it or you think it's just a bunch of crap? I mean, I feel like somebody, if if this was truly an ignorance, like somebody should have stopped her. Everybody knows that, right? Or maybe we're just too deep on, in the internet. I actually was, I have to credit my wife on this one. I was not, <laughs> I don't go that deep. She tipped me off to this one. And I, I don't dabble in the deepest depths of the tinfoil, but at the same time, I'm having a hard time coming up with a reasonable explanation for this other than you happen to grab a mask with a bunch of weird symbolism at random and unknowingly. But you knew about the symbol. I'm sure you have. You did because we talked about it on the show. I didn't at first glance. Uh, maybe we have talked about it before, but I didn't recognize it at first glance at least. Okay. Anyway, the other interesting piece of what happened here was uh, Andy Cohen was doing the, uh, the, the drunken CNN New Year's show with Anderson Cooper again, which this is always a great part of New Year's Eve. I love recapping the drunkenness on CNN each and every year. Although I do miss Brooke Baldwin and Don Lemon. I think they were a slightly oh, better yeah. drunk duo. Oh, they got drunk together this year too. Did they? I, didn't, I guess I didn't see any clips. I watched well, it. It was really uneventful. No. Well, Anderson Cooper and uh, Andy Cohen of the Bravo Network did uh, a decent job entertainment wise. Although some of their stuff was bullshit, which we'll get to. I'm so wasted. I'm talking about entertainment in a cringy way, not quality, but you know, the entertainment I like you you get, you get what I'm saying. But, but Andy Cohen had this moment where after de Blasio danced, uh, he he's taken shots with Anderson Cooper and he's, uh, he's ripping bill de Blasio for that display. It was pretty great. And a little drunk and 2020 is gone. And 2020 is freaking gone. Let's just, (laughs) Hmm. 
I, I'm glad I brought two bottles to this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's how I felt when I saw Mayor de Blasio dancing just now. <laughs> what are you, what are you, I just yeah. don't need to see that at the beginning of 2021. Do something with this city. <laughs> Honestly, get it together. God. Goodness. All right. Anyway. I'll we, be, we still got a lot of show. Tiptoeing back to Bravo in about 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. Ew. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that that was pretty funny. And uh, I, I wish there'd be more de Blasio shaming. I wish there'd be more real de Blasio shaming on CNN more frequently. Well, I mean, I, he doesn't have New York gays in his camp. The dude's totally screwed then. Yeah, I suppose. if he If he's lost them, he's lost everybody. And I don't mean to... I don't want to be interpreted as saying that CNN had good New Year's Eve's Eve coverage in that way. I just mean I was entertained by it. And I was entertained by this segment for all the wrong reasons. Did you watch this before live here? This pissed uh, yeah. me off. So they they cut to a reporter and his wife skiing at Mount Hood Ski Bowl in Oregon. And they're going around talking to people who are just on the runs. And they end up mask shaming people. These are people out by themselves dozens or possibly hundreds of yards away from other people and cnn is mask shaming them to the entire country live on air hello socially distant on the slopes in oregon gary happy new year so here we are talking to skiers with our james bond ski pole can i ask you a quick question what made you decide to come on new year's eve what made us decide Oh, gosh, just to get out and get some fresh air, be with friends and family. Oh, yeah. Okay. One thing we want to point out to you is that they have very strict measures here. You're supposed to have your mask on. Sorry. I'm not the guardian angel. I'm sorry about that. What about COVID? Has that been a problem this year? Is that making it, you know, a good activity to be outdoors? Absolutely. 110%. I've camped and dirt biked and snowboarded and skied more than I have in years. Get the mask on, okay? Got it. All right. Who is just going to stab somebody in the neck with their pole? Like, yeah. who's going to be that guy? Like, should've I'm taken, outside. Yeah, should have taken that pole microphone and chucked it into the trees, if not beaten him with it, as you know, we'll see in a, another Mask War episode coming up later in the show. But I mean, to this jackass, dude, you approached them. If there's any danger here, you're the one who approached it, not them. It, it, it's you who created that danger, not these people. And I wasn't able to find ski bowl specific rules, but at most ski resorts, there is no mask rule on the actual runs. They make you wear masks in the lodges and in the lines for lifts and in other areas of uh, congregation or traffic or whatever. But they're not making you wear a mask where you, while you're out on a run isolated from a bunch of other people and doing physical exercise in which you might want to breathe most efficiently. I'm not aware of any resort policing the runs in this way. And even if ski bowl is... CNN is not mask police at ski bowl. What the hell is this? It's not their job. It was incumbent on those people to be like, Oh, you want me to put my mask on? Go fuck yourself. How about it that? It would have been great. It yes, would have been. Then they're, oh, okay. Bleh. After what? that guy does that whole spiel about how he's reconnected with the outdoors and everything because of coronavirus. It's like, no, you, when are we going to put our foot down? When they really had an opportunity to make a, a truly viral and excellent piece of cable news. I understand, you know, you're, you're just having a camera shoved in your face. You realize it's CNN. You're on national news. Probably you don't really want to make a scene. You're just like, okay, leave me alone. 
Somebody needs but to be that guy. It, it really could have been in a, it was an, it was an opportunity for something truly excellent and it, uh, it didn't pan out. Uh, people in the comments were raising the point too. Uh, Anderson Cooper and uh, Andy Cohen are in more direct contact with more people at times square in New York. They didn't get lectured by this guy about wearing masks. Why not? Man, I will say though, I could not believe how much more cucked every other state that I went to was. We went hmm. to an outdoor zoo in Colorado and uh, we were just getting harassed like the whole time. I mean, the best really? I could do is wear uh, a, like a mask around my, just half ass it and like wear it around my neck the whole time and tell somebody. People actually like, approached you and talked to you. you talking staff or are you talking random people? No staff. Oh um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was in a situation where I was like, I'm going to actually have to carry a mask around. And so the best, I, the best I could do was just to like, leave it around. And everybody was wearing one outside and all this shit. I was like, I, I can't even, I can't even believe this. That's the strategy I forgot for freedom. Idaho is, I guess. Yeah. And I, I've had these experiences the last few days, even um, walking around the grocery store yesterday, there was mm-hmm. nobody else in the entire grocery store, not wearing a mask. And uh, my wife and I were not. And that's fine. I'm not whatever. Make your personal choices. But it does start to get demoralizing when you just see nothing but masked faces around you. And they're looking at you like you're crazy. (laughs) And again, you just realize how much our perception of normal has changed in under a year's time. And the other thing it does tremendous damage to is the anti-masker is always the scapegoat for the, uh, the spread of coronavirus cases. Oh, if only they were wearing their masks. This would all be under control. Dude, I mean, I, I'm in um, I'm in a, a supposedly pro freedom straight a state granted a less pro freedom freedom place within that state because of all the uh, Californians and college kids. But if I'm walking into a grocery store around here and there are 100 people in there and my wife and I are the only two people not wearing masks, the anti mask super spreader is a myth. OK, it, you're talking about yeah. such a tiny percentage of the population. So. Yeah. And I, the thing that the thing that is frustrating, because I know that everyone walking around doing this, I know not all of them buy into what they're doing. The, I would bet actually the majority of them are doing it because they want to avoid this sort of confrontation. Exactly like you're talking about. You should also make staff like just if you have to wear a mask, wear it incorrectly and make staff come up and talk to you over and over again. For me, that's that's what this is about. It's a, it's a pro freedom thing. It's beyond the principles of what's at stake here are beyond the mask. So obviously I want to make a choice for myself, but I'm hoping to signal to others. It's okay to make that choice for yourself too. You don't have to agree with my choice. That's not what I'm trying to instill in other people. I just want people to see, because I, I suspect that a majority of those people think it's bullshit. They just do it. So they won't be confronted. I just want them to see that one person not doing it, not getting in trouble. And realize, oh, I I actually can make decisions for myself without being harassed. This is going to be okay. And it's okay if you get harassed. Yeah, that is also okay. And if if coronavirus has taught us anything, it's that people are governed by their own cowardice. Um, So if you push back in a confrontation, more times than not, you're going to emerge victorious because people Mm. are just going to fold. But then we're going to talk about later, like some people become apoplectic uh, when you get in these (laughs) conversations. Yeah, you never know. People just want to live their lives. And unfortunately, this has been uh, this has been inserted as a condition on just living your life. You have to do this to get along and not be harassed by people. So at some point, we have to push back on that. We have to reestablish norms. And 
you have to remember the only reason this was ever enforced upon us is because public will shifted in a way that demanded it. If public will shifts against it. And I mean, again, I mean that in a pro freedom way. It's not even a, you must be banned from wearing a mask. I want you to make your own decisions. But as soon as public sentiment and culture shifts in a pro freedom direction, we'll see this stuff go away. It's never going to be given back to us. If we're waiting for the politicians to give us permission to live normal life again, I got news for you. That's never coming. You have to take control of your life for yourself. It's the only way. Do you know what I did notice? Hmm. That none of the black people were wearing their masks appropriately anywhere that I went on this entire trip. Hmm. And do you think anybody was going to say anything to them? <laughs> uh, I'm, I guess it'd be interesting. I, I would be interested in knowing the confrontation stats. Like let's say at the zoo that you were at, are, are white people more commonly confronted than racial minorities? I guarantee it because if hmm. I were black and I thought this was all a hoax and insanity, I'd be half-assing the mask wearing. And then if somebody came up to me, I'd be like, you're racist. <laughs> totally. Wouldn't you? Uh, on principle, I disavow, but this is the world that we live in. So, and, and I want to see it. I want to watch it. I want to see the I show. I was seeing like, employees everywhere I went, black employees with their masks below their um noses yeah i saw that a bunch of times or like just around their necks in in areas that where they people were really enforcing the mask thing and i was like hmm i'm on to you i'm hmm. fine with this good for you good for you mr black man people watch next time next time you get in a situation like that just sit down and watch and see if the confrontation happens i'd be curious mm. you know it's never gonna happen i will never see that happen hmm. Hmm. well up next, we got the Minneapolis police shooting. We got a whole bunch of coronavirus and mask war stories. And then I got some surprise cringe, but we are probably due for a break. If you'd like to take one. Sure. Um, Holden Mulray. Hi, truth seekers. Uh, today's election certification, right? Yeah. Or am I back at the previous episode? Whoops. It's not today. Oh, no. it's, it's this week, but no, no, no. The, um, the way that Susan has set up the super chat is uh, mind blowingly retarded. Yeah. And sometimes, are wrong so i can't tell which is the episode we're on okay right, hold right. them over here's matt i can see your perspective in 1776 philadelphia blonde i can see yours and well it is the present that counts right kidding love you both god bless, god bless you too um daniel kunkel Thank i've you, had an eight foot by five foot u.s flag on my wall since the tea party if biden pulls off the steel what should i do with it leave it up in defiance hang it upside down as a distress signal or fold it up hmm. i don't know i mean it's everybody's decision whether or not they want to hang their hopes on the future of this country. But, you know, I don't really see how we have a future for America after this. It's just too divided. And at this point, people are going to see that constitutional values are not going to be protective in any way. So why should we bother? Uh, there's also going to be anarchy. I mean, you can get a, a usurper in the presidency and half the country can't do shit about it. And then they're going to start um, penalizing people because of the mass stuff. They're go there's going to be rolling lockdowns. I mean, if this is America, then I don't know. I, I'm one off the ship. And plus, I actually think the American flag is going to be the rebel flag in the upcoming really. civil war. So to me, the principles and the values for which that flag stands are absolutely worth uh, pursuing, defending, fighting for all of that. I don't, um, that flag doesn't mean Joe Biden to me. It doesn't mean Congress to me. It means the values and philosophy on which this country was formed to defend, protect, uphold. So that, that's my thinking on that. 
but flags are symbols. You, you you decide what they mean to you and you wave them or not based on how you interpret them. That's my interpretation, though. I think what we're watching is a perversion of what that flag stands for, not uh, some sort of inherent flaw or something that the flag supports necessarily. Yes. Um, I bought PN says it's 2021 and Michigan still sucks. Happy New Year to my favorite <laughs> podcast duo. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, Daniel Bennington, first three days of the new year. Sounds like we're starting off with a bang. Hey, Oh, all right. I'll show myself out. Thanks for the Sandy safe space guys. That was, that was cheap. Cheap. (laughs) Should be ashamed, Daniel. Um, that MW says, Oh, Susan dedicated fan art will search for the best weekend show. Even when you turn off the alerts, Susan has dedicated fan art. I I don't know about that. A dedicated fan. Am I illiterate? Oh. Uh, we'll search for the best weekend show even when you turn off the alerts. Ah, gotcha. Oh, so yeah. We'll the alerts for the show. This happens periodically. All the time. If you are waiting for a YouTube notification of when we go live, I would suggest just set yourself a reminder on your phone when live time is, and you can go to the uh-huh. website and grab it there. So don't rely on Susan because half the time they just don't. Yeah. So you can always find the content on the website. Irish Nat, um, Hey Mountain Blonde, here are my 2021 psych up songs. Cut the cord by Shine Down. You're going down by the Sick Puppies. Sorry Not Sorry by Gemini Syndrome. Break by Three Days Grace. Put these on whenever you're feeling apathy set in. Hmm. Apathy. I don't feel a lot of apathy these days. It's just um, rage, like <laughs> uninterrupted rage. I just feel like I can murder people. Like today, <laughs> seeing this chick with this, she had two face masks on. Two of them, like a, an N95 underneath a cloth face mask. And then she had like a, like a shield, a face shield on over she that. Had, the that would be three though. N95 cloth and face mask. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the grocery store. Yeah. And, and my initial reaction was that like, I wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe she has cancer or something. I was like, I want to bash her knees in. I just want to. <laughs> You and Kurt Eichenwald. Did you see Kurt Eichenwald's tweet this weekend? I don't have it handy. Kurt Eichenwald of um, tentacle porn fame. You know that guy. He tweeted out these anti-maskers like give me murderous rage. Basically, I want to beat them to death. Something to that effect. And I had responded that like, okay, where do we sign up for the um, for this fight to the death? Because a lot of people are in, you know, and Kurt Eichenwald, that tweet actually got removed from Twitter. It it got him in trouble. Yeah. Oh, good. You know, yeah. he got into a Twitter altercation with my father. I got blocked by him. I, I don't Did even remember what I said. Like one day yeah. my dad was over here and they were watching Emmeline or something. And I could tell he was just like glued into his iPad. And he was just angry. I was like, are you on Twitter? He's like I'm fighting with Kurt Eichenwald. What were they fighting about? <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm sure he'll huh. text me about it. He's watching the show. But like, yikes. Um, that guy's a real piece of work. Kurt, not my dad. Uh, Carl's opinion says, hey, Matt. Hey, Blonde. Did you see New York bill SBA 416, mandatory detentions, mandatory vaccine testing, et cetera, coming to a state near you? Um, yeah. I mean, over over my dead body, is this going to happen? Yeah. It's- as far as I understand, it's introduced in the assembly. And that's the idea that if the state deems you a uh, disease or virus threat, you can be involuntarily detained. As though you're a criminal, something like that. Uh, I... I'm going to hold off on speculation about that one because it's just a proposed bill. As far as I understand, it hasn't even made it through committee, let alone the uh, assembly or the Senate or signed by the governor. I would hope that something like that is too crazy for even New York. 
in addition to uh, hostile to the Constitution and potential court review, but lots of things I thought would never happen happened in 2020. Oh, so it's definitely going to happen. I mean, they're just going to make it. Computing Forever has been talking about this since like March or April, but uh, they're not they're not going to arrest us for not being vaccinated, but they're going to make it impossible for us to do anything. Yeah, we're not going to be able to travel. Nobody's going to be able to send their kids to school. It's just going to be hard to do anything. And that's already happening. Like when I was going places in Colorado, it was so unpleasant to do shit that I was like, I just don't want to do anything anymore. Like I, I voluntarily I, opt out to doing anything. Oh, it's happened to me a whole, I've, I've noticed my habits have changed and that I stay home a lot more now than I did in the past. Not because I'm afraid of the virus, but because the hassle of doing a lot of this stuff, it, it's just a pain in the ass. Like you're talking about, it's a total pain in the ass and I'd rather just not deal with it, which you have and, to think yeah, is maybe imagine the, if you're somebody that's conflict averse also, this must be a really difficult yeah. time for people that are conflict averse. Yeah. Um, Timothy price says, despite mask mandates, the only time I wear a mask is when I visit my wife in the hospital. Speaking of this, could I get a shout out for her? GoFundMe search full time care for Melissa on GoFundMe. You can get a shout out. I hope that helps. Uh, search full time care for Melissa on GoFundMe. Thank you, Timothy. Happy New Year. Book uh, nine one seven. Um, hey, maybe communism will work this time. I know, right? Uh, I bet it will <laughs> this time. Surely. Kevin Broussard. I'm in Louisiana. In Louisiana, though not in Letlow's district, the local tap dancing on his grave um, because he urged consideration of true cost of lockdown is sick. Even Glenn Greenwald called them out. We are going to talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm skeptical of the nature of his death. There's a we'll couple angles that. on that. One is the degree to which they dance on his grave. Certainly like you're talking about. The other is the nature of his death itself. And there are a lot of, there's some complexity to it. That's being glossed over. It's just not being reported. It's being reported as strictly a coronavirus death. Nothing else happened. Don't ask any questions. Nothing was weird about it at all. He just died of Rona. Uh, there are definitely some things that need some explaining about what exactly happened to him regardless of yeah. what happened to him to the point that you're making, that doesn't mean in what other context do we, do we dance on people's graves in this way? Maybe blonde blonde enjoys a little, a little uh, boogie on top of a grave from one, one once in a while. But these are the people who claim. Amen. Who else? <laughs> who else died in the last few years? Everyone else gets a John McCain exemption. All right. That's a mulligan. But yeah, people act like they're these virtuous, heroic people. And meanwhile, if you step one foot outside of their ideological box, they will laugh on your grave and spit on it and uh, have a whole party. Well, two can play at this game, eh? Da six five five three two one. Um, thanks for the show. Being off Wednesday, I went to visit my brother. And long story short, I broke my kneecap in half. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Rut row. Sorry, you buddy. You shouldn't make your personal plans around this show. Certainly not the Wednesday show, because it's you know you never know what happens on the Wednesday show. But I'm very sorry but it's to hear true that every person that fails to watch our Sunday show or a Wednesday show for that matter gets very seriously injured. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know that uh, Nicholas Gay. No note. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jacob C. <laughs> Happy New Year, gang. Long time no see. Uh, regardless of the basket case of a year behind us and ahead of us, I'm facing it all with a renewed sense of motivation. Stay cool and keep holding down the sanity safe space for me. That's a good attitude. Um, I'm sorry I shit all over people with positive attitudes on a regular basis. It's just really hard for me to develop that attitude lately. Thank you're pretty you for, good about it. Thank you for being kind to us. We appreciate that. We're a, yeah. we're a strong and hearty people. 
uh, Graham Godfrey, same as the RV warning um, sound was Petula Clark, same as our Twitch intro. What? He played uh, that downtown song. Yes, he did. Yeah. We didn't mention that last week, but that is true. Um, thank you for that. Six Semper Tyrannus says, you two suggest your first episode to me. Blonde, you look absolutely gorgeous four years ago. Ooh, and still do. Matt, you look like crap in your bedroom. Good thing wife cleaned it up. Happy New Year. <laughs> I don't know. You seem like a tidy fella. Like you don't um, seem like... You, you might be surprised, but messes do stress me out. So I have to... I'm the sort of person that has to clean things or have them organized before I can do work things, you know? If I have messes yeah, around me. Yeah, messes do stress me out. But this is actually the same room that that was in. It's just rearranged. But one of the good, th- one of the things I'm, I'm really happy about over the break here, we've gotten started working on a new set space for me in the house. So I'm going to have something very cool coming up. It's not going to be drastically different, but much improved. And I can- I'm waiting for a few more pieces. And they're probably going to take until the end of the month to arrive, unfortunately. But I will have a, refre- a refresh space in which to work very soon. And I'm very excited for it. Uh, so coming soon in the new year, new sanity safe space, I guess. Yeah. Um, maybe we circle back. We, I did. Sure. Let me catch up on uh, D live. I did get the treasure chest out to you guys. Thanks for hanging out on D live. We'll get in a uh, stream yeah, too. Actually tell you what I always, why do I always do stream labs last? I shouldn't do that because of course we appreciate our stream labs people. So let me hop in over there and, uh, let's see what we got. Um, uh, Six foot five. Well, we have a fair amount. I might not get to all these, but we'll get to a few for now. Uh, six foot five white Jesus says, happy new year. I thought, or you thought 2020 was bad. I regret to inform you. Greta Thunberg, Greta Thunberg's 18th birthday was today. So prepare yourselves for the worst only fans account in history. Ew. Yeah, I, don't, I won't be signing up for that one looking forward to it okay thanks bye thank you cameron says uh see videos of former police supporters turning on their supposed allies in portland the right finally got the message that the state doesn't care about them and will destroy their livelihood hopefully more people get the message in dc this week did you see some of those clips we won't be talking about them tonight yeah i mean i suppose there's reasons for hope the uh, what I saw was uh, I guess it was Proud Boys I don't know but the, but right wing protesters lockdown protesters election critical protesters were pushed back by cops in a physical way that you might see against Antifa or Black Lives Matter or other people and uh, I, I don't know exactly what happened but at one point they were stomping on a thin blue line flag and I, I haven't seen enough so I can't speak to whether they were justified or not I don't know I don't know all of what happened at that particular case but I can say. Police in general are in a very precarious position right now where the left, the defund the police crowd, they hate them. That, that's already lost. There's a, the right is somewhat factioned, but there's a lot of police loyalty on the right. The more they push that loyalty with this lockdown enforcement and other things like this, they're on the verge of losing everybody. And that's also very dangerous. Uh, yeah, but this this is kind of a positive a development for me because shouldn't we be having this reaction towards the police when they, when they do this? I mean, they, they, they cannot do this enforcement. This is not their job. They need to know that people are going to turn on them. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not saying this with respect to what happened in Oregon, cause I haven't looked at that incident, but when I, what I have seen in the enforcement of lockdown stuff and closing down businesses, telling people you can't do your job with the excuse of I'm just doing my job. That's not going to fly. If you're not defending no. people's rights, which is the whole point of the thin blue line, 
that you're defending people's rights, rights. That's why we respect you and support you. If you break that half of that arrangement, well, yeah, then you're not to be supported anymore. Cause that's an act of betrayal. Yeah. So I think people should have that attitude. And, and on the right, I think there's, there's been too much worship of cops in recent years. I mean, we do have to keep in mind that they're generally not our friends and a lot of people with, really bad personalities and authoritarian personality types are drawn to the police force. I think there's some of that. That said, uh, I will always respect and support someone who puts his life on the line to defend my rights, but that's the point. But are they defending my rights? Right. I mean. You have to be defending my rights and, and not just yeah. my rights. It's not a selfish thing. I don't want you shutting down the livelihood of my neighbor on arbitrary terms. I don't want you enforcing playground closures that are from the the whim or the decree of the local mayor or the governor or whatever else. I understand that police are in a difficult spot because you say, well, my orders are my orders. Okay. But you swear an oath to the constitution and to protect and serve the people that has to be upheld above any order from any particular person. And, and I want to give as much credit uh, and as much um, leeway to police as possible because it's a job that's very difficult to do. And one, I don't think I could do. It's very it's it's tough and it's dangerous, but uh, I'm I'm not going to watch people shut down other people's livelihoods while saying, oh, I'm just doing my job. No, just doing my job is not an excuse. There's got to be a more complex analysis than that. Yeah, exactly. Soyus Maximus says they spent four years trying to overturn 2016. Let's pull out all the stops to block Biden. Also support Kyle's defense fund at freekyle.com. Love from Kenosha. Yeah, that being Kyle Rittenhouse, I suppose. Uh, all the best to... Uh, to you, Soyus Maximus, thank you for uh, the support and uh, happy new year. Raggle Fraggle says, got my stimulus check on Friday, so here's your cut. Oh, well, thank you. What's uh, your new year's resolutions? I'm cutting down on social media and started by deleting Snapchat. I may not be watching live as often, but fret not. I will be listening to the audio from uh, the audio form in that case. Well, you do you, man. Uh, and thanks for supporting the show. And I, I totally get it. I've heard from several people who say, I got to, I got to remove myself from politics and social media because it's a little bit of a negative force in my life. And yeah, there's no doubt that too much of it is a, is a bad thing. I guess I haven't thought about my new year's resolution. Have you made one? No, I never do because it's always so disappointing when you don't follow through, but I am going to try to be more positive this year. Mm. It's really hard because of the state of affairs. Um, and I'm uh, pretty hopeless about everything, but, um, it doesn't really benefit anybody to be so hopeless now, does it? Uh, no, I, I, I say this as someone who's, uh, I like to think I'm a realist. I don't want to live in some Pollyanna rose colored glasses world, but to the extent that we face significant challenges, all challenges are overcome by people with a can do attitude. Yeah. So we gotta, as daunting as the task may be, we, we gotta confront these challenges in ways that think about what we can do versus what we can't. But I think Fairly speaking, I think you actually do do that. You think about compounds, you think about things that you can do as silly as they may seem. Sometimes those are thoughts about what can be done rather than what can't it's submission that I don't like. I mean, yeah, I understand that. It's just, I'm very frustrated with the state of affairs because my daughter is going to inherit this garbage Mm. world that we're giving her and it's our fault for complying. And then I engaged in a fair amount of compliance uh, over Christmas because I just couldn't do anything if I didn't have a mask. 
Well, I mean, that, that's the calculation that has to be made too. Like if you opt out of everything, are you providing her with a good life? I, I don't, there are things you have to get done to provide for right. her. And that's. And so I just came to the conclusion that, that I would just make it as difficult for other people as possible. Hmm. Um, and I wiped boogers on everything. <laughs> Licked all the doorknobs. Uh, how about this for a new year's resolution? My new year's resolution is to become a father in 2021. How about that? I'm going for it. <laughs> Let's see if I succeed. Uh, no news on that front, but that's my, res- that's my resolution. I'm announcing it now. She doesn't even know, but I'm announcing it now. Well, she's watching, so. I think so. One Let's, of us uh, is going to get a text pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah. Incoming in three, two, one. Let's uh, hold off there on Streamlabs. Let me catch up on DLive and we'll hop back into the news over on DLive. Uh, I can never pronounce this one. Elk Eichenman. One, two, three, four. I found a pro-Europe group that fights Antifa, but I'm not sure if I should fund, uh, called Phalanx, 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 something Europe. I don't know. I don't know anything about this group, man. (laughs) You'll have to, you'll have to investigate for yourself. I have no idea. Thank you for, uh, thank you for supporting the show. All the best to you. Elephant Man says, uh, thanks for digs. Most sports balls for the year. Uh, I, Stefan Diggs, I assume you mean the Vikings Bills trade football talk incoming one. Um, that looks like a win-win trade for both teams, though. I, I loved Stefan Diggs when he played for the Vikings, and uh, I'm glad to see him succeed. And of course, what the Vikings got out of that trade in Justin Jefferson looks worthwhile, too. All right. And football talk for blonde sake. Yeah. Thank you. Elton. It's fine. Checked out. Donald Trump says, I don't trust a camel. Can you recommend a a good dumpster defender. Um, I would, uh, I actually, <laughs> I have one at the ready, but I can't show it. Cause Susan would ban me. There's the text that just in came, uh, that just came in, in came. No pun intended. God, what a terrible thing. You're both fags. She said, okay. <laughs> Glad we got resolution on that. Uh, I dumpster defender of my, my preference in dumpster defenders is uh Mossberg shockwave. Cause that was the actual dumpster defender that was used. As far as the Remington model, is Remington done? I don't even know. Remington's like bankrupt or out of business or something. So I don't even know if you can get the Remington dumpster defender anymore. But go with the Mossberg. That would be my recommendation. Chubby Stubby says sending in support while downing Guinness as the tilted kilt or at the tilted kilt in Las Vegas. I've never been there. Are you familiar with that venue? The tilted kilt? Hmm. Isn't that where all the chicks dress like sluts? Isn't that all of the places in Vegas? Where is that not the case? No, I think it's like a Hooters. Hmm. Am I wrong about this? Thank you for tuning in and have fun in Vegas. My Vegas experience is very limited, so I don't know that place. Oh, yeah, uh, I was right. Oof. All right. Well, let's hop back into the news here. Because I want to talk about this Minneapolis shooting. So, well, let me find this my spot in the notes. I lost my place here. Okay, so um, much was made of this uh, shooting in Minneapolis on Wednesday night. This was the first deadly police encounter in the city since George uh, George Floyd in late May. Police released body cam footage of what happened on Thursday, but the narrative had already been crafted and the activist protests had already begun. The man shot was 23-year-old Dalal Eid. In initial reporting, Eid's family... Uh, said they didn't believe the narrative. 
They don't believe the narrative that the police were crafting that that Dalal Eid shot at the police first. They say he was just sitting in his car. They say, quote, uh-huh. uh, a family member says, quote, I feel really sad. This is police brutality. When they see a man, they kill him. They don't even know why. And uh, well, it wasn't just the narrative that the police crafted. Uh, that Delal shot at the police first. It's uh, actually on camera and police actually do know why they shot, uh, why they shot him dead. It's because he did in fact shoot at them first. Here is some of that body cam footage from Minneapolis on Wednesday night. Hands up, hands up. So he tries to flee, runs into police cars. Shoots at the cop. Of course, the question everyone has been asking is who shot first? Watch closely at the driver's side window. You can see it appears the glass shatters, shatters outward, and then the officer reacts. <laughs> the community honored Dalal Eid's life. Everybody's lives mean something. Demanding justice for a man who can no longer speak for himself and advocate for himself. The reality that we are standing nearly a few blocks away from That lady's a lawyer, apparently. May George Floyd was killed. I don't think it's an accident. I think it's a reality of what we are living in. Questioning why police didn't try to de-escalate the situation. Why did you pull the man over in the first place? When he tried to leave, why did you cattle him in? You gotta have some kind of compassion too in what you're doing, you know. Don't know about need to lose their life. Palin, what do we know about Eid's history? Looking over past court records, it appears that he was charged about two years ago for firing a weapon inside a family member's home. A family member we spoke to who is out here tonight tells us that Eid was a varsity basketball player. He was loyal to his family and just all around a good guy. Well, just all around a good guy. Loyal to his oh, family. Okay. Here's the question everybody should be asking. Just, it, I wish one of these newscasters would say this. You know, do all lives matter? Do they really <laughs> all matter? Are we still? Are we going to act like like anybody gives a shit about this? It's like that dude shot at police and now he's dead, and I don't care. I don't care at all. Nor should I care. Nor should anybody care. This is this is insanity. For clarification, Susan, I would say they all do by default. But the second that you put someone else's life in immediate danger in that way then yes you have sacrificed your your right to live oh come on but some people's lives are more worthwhile than others uh no i would not say that actually <laughs> that's oh, how that's how a, we not that? i think like, that all life has inherent value okay yeah okay i'm yeah. there but some lives matter more than others no i would not i would not decide who gets to live or die absent someone okay maybe we're maybe we're misunderstanding terms um no i'm saying some criminal that's going to shoot at police like like his life matters as much as some upstanding citizen that contributes to society no well my point is but that's why once you once you put someone in grave danger you've sacrificed that right to your life yeah of course that's what i mean yeah 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 yeah. um but this is outrageous like you know his 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 uh glass shattered outward like how much more evidence so obvious in the police body cam footage are they really going to riot over this I don't I riot might be a strong word. There was some rowdiness, which I'll get to in a moment. But I want to talk about this idea that, oh, he was just a basketball player who did nothing wrong and all around good guy, which, by the way, keep in mind, 
all-around good guy, not the claim of the protesters. That was as uttered by the reporter on the scene, quoting a family member, but clearly did not scrutinize that claim very well. Okay, just to give you a brief history of this all-around good guy who was loyal to his family. 2017, felony drug conviction. 2018, felony theft conviction. He was so loyal to his family that in July 2018, he fired a Smith & Wesson 9mm handgun which was stolen out of North Dakota in the bathroom of the basement of his parents' house. He was so loyal to his family that he was not allowed in the house anymore because he, quote, scares the children. 2019 (laughs) had a misdemeanor conviction for carrying a handgun in a public place, I presume without a proper permit to do so, but that's not stated in this particular report. Regardless, he was a felon at the time and shouldn't have had a gun period per federal law and probably Uh Minnesota state law too. And then just in October, he was accused of stealing a vehicle arrested October 2nd, 2020 by the Bloomington police department, but he was released on October 3rd. So in fairness, I don't know if he actually participated in the theft or not, but that's part of the story here. Now, all of that is just background. We're just getting at the idea of, was he just a good guy who was loyal to his family and did nothing wrong? Clearly not. But of course that's not specifically relevant to what happened in this particular case. The lead up to why they stopped Dalal at this gas station is because the uh, the police say they had probable cause for an undisclosed felony. Now, I presume they said it was a, a weapons uh, issue. I thought I had it highlighted in this story, but uh, but maybe I don't. Um, anyway, they they said it was uh, they they had probable cause for him on a felony stop. So I assume it was probably something weapons related. There was mention that they suspected he had a weapon. Of course, he's a felon. They also searched the family home at about the same time. So they're looking into this guy for whatever his current crime is. Uh, and then to the news analysis of who shot first, I mean, to you, and, and you mentioned it too. It seems very obvious he shot first, but even that is an unnecessary step to prove the second you point a gun at police officers. It's not really a law enforcement situation anymore. That's a self-defense situation. When you point a gun at someone without justification for doing so, those officers are entitled to defend their lives just as anybody else is. So, even if he didn't shoot first, yet you pointed the gun, dude. You point a gun at someone, they're going to shoot you back. That's the way this works. So, uh, plus all of these uh, ridiculous activist protester points. Um, she says, uh, or they they mentioned in the in the story, questioning why police didn't try to de-escalate. That's what the protesters are doing. They're questioning how, how could yeah. they possibly de-escalate that situation. Just to recap, the guy was trying to ram his car through a police barricade and then he shot at the cops. Did we need a counselor in there? Did we need a, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Do we need some sort of psychologist, some sort of shrink to come in and say, now Dalal, please calm down and uh, (laughs) think reasonably about what you're doing. Again, the attorney, this is the same lady who I've seen her before. She shut down that Amy Klobuchar concession speech She's done a lot of stuff in Minneapolis. I've seen that lady before. Why did why did you pull this man over in the first place? Well, probable cause he was a felon in possession of a firearm. When yeah. he tried to leave, why did you trap him in? Probable cause felon in possession of a firearm. Are we supposed to let felons committing crimes just leave if they opt out? Is that how we're supposed to conduct policing? And, and the last guy's point, cops need to have compassion it's not very compassionate to point a gun at someone without proper justification. That's lacking compassion. Compassion doesn't save you when someone's about to shoot you in the face. What, what sort of police compassion would have fixed this situation? 
It's so absurd. I mean, is this really where we're going as a society that every time there's a justified police shooting, we've got to talk about it. It yeah. shouldn't even be in the news. I mean, cops doing their jobs. Well, that if he was a white gonna... guy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter at all. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if that's where you're going, but the cop who did this, his life is probably over as a police officer, even though he did nothing wrong. You can bet he'll probably be fired from the force. You can bet that they'll ruin his life. He'll have to hide like Darren Wilson and Ferguson. Well, better than being dead. And Darren Wilson oh, has a lot certainly. of support. Certainly better than being dead, but still unjustified, you know? Yeah. He, he had to do what he had to do. Nobody wants to be in that spot, but he was. And I don't and, want cops to hesitate um, and for their reaction to be delayed because they are really fearing the consequences. Imagine having a bullet fly by your face and thinking, okay, what can I do compassionately to deescalate? No, I'm thinking this dude's got to die yesterday. All right. Yeah. He needs to be put down immediately if he's mm-hmm. doing that. And that's all you can do. And you hope that you're training and you're, you're, you're sufficiently calm to actually land the shot when you got that much adrenaline pumped. No, and as a society, we don't even want to plant the seed in police that they should not react appropriately in life or death situations like this. Yeah. It's just and it's, a split second delay that could destroy the entire thing. And keep in mind, it's not just the cop. You know, the cop might take one to the face, but doesn't appear that Mr. DeLal is an excellent. Uh, he's not incredibly proficient with his aim. That's yeah. a gas station. All right. There are a lot of people there. It's in an urban setting. What happens if that stray bullet goes through a window and hits a kid? Yep. Happens. It happens. People get hit by stray fire all the time. You don't want to let a situation like that carry on. You mentioned um, the riots in response. So it was reported that these were peaceful protests. So they were just uh, asking for compassion with a vigil to honor Dalal Eid's life. First of all, it's we can agree on this <laughs> per the prior debate. His life is not one worth honoring. Okay. He does not need to be honored. This is a criminal who put other people's lives in danger and got what was due. He, he does not deserve honoring. We should be able to agree on that. But to the second point, uh, they weren't peaceful protesters. Bricks, this is per a reporter on the scene, bricks were thrown at police. Squad cars were surrounded. Uh, they threw ice and snow at the cops. Police apparently asked for permission to use launchers, I presume for gas grenades or other um, crowd control mechanisms, but were denied by dispatch. So dispatch says you need to be uh, under threat of immediate physical harm to use that sort of thing. Apparently bricks thrown at you is not a threat of immediate physical harm. Yeah. So that's what happened there. Police or uh, protesters, of course, chanted abolish the police and called uh, the police murderers, among other things. Now, if it wasn't blackpilling enough to think this is how we respond to a demonstrably justified police shooting, the GoFundMe for the family of Dalal Eid, $54,000. $54,000. The family says to cover funeral costs as well as... Uh, they're going to build a well in his name and lawyer fees to get justice in his name. They want one of those shiny rim caskets. That's what <laughs> Yeah. Maybe the casket will have hydraulics so it can go up and down. You know? <laughs> Make, thing. Come on. Oh, sorry. I mixed my mistake. That's not, that's God. definitely not a Somali thing in Minneapolis. Certainly D minus racist. Make it into a, a pirate ship, like a true Somali fashion. I don't know. Make your racist joke. I don't care. <laughs> Now I'm wondering um, why this is okay. 
as far as the um as far as the GoFundMe terms, because uh the GoFundMe terms explicitly ban fundraising for the legal defense of alleged crimes associated with, among other things, violence. Right. What about this? Hmm. Why isn't for, we don't know the exact nature of the felony for which he was being investigated, potentially given his past history could be violent. Whatever goes on with that investigation, he was violent in his reaction in trying to shoot people, but it's totally okay for GoFundMe to raise 54 grand for his family. I've you never look, loved live chat more than I do right you, now. You're looking at it like you have a good one. What do you got? Um, let's see what, what they've got. Let's see. He's a spinning top on the casket. I like okay. that. That's good. Uh, I can't read these. They it's spin in Niva. They spin in. That is okay. a Chris Rock joke. Chris Rock joke. Yeah. I can't read most of these, but you guys are funny. All right. Well, you got the blonde grin. I hope it was worth it. So yeah, uh, no word from GoFundMe on why this is allowed, but we'll see. All right. We got some, let's see. I can't wait a bunch. to talk about yeah, let's let's get through these coronavirus topics. We'll do surprise cringe and then we'll catch up with chat to um to close the show. So let's Luke talk- Letlow, as soon as I read it, I could not wait to send it to you. I, I had it to you in like two seconds because yeah. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I obsessively read the Daily Mail, even though it is a garbage tabloid publication filled with leftist indoctrination. I don't know why I read it. It's their app or something like that, but they totally plugged in. So I knew about this. And the second that I read it, it's like, (laughs) it's like Luke Letlow dies of Corona related complications. And then you like scroll down in the story and it's like, he died of a heart attack. And I'm like, Hmm. And then a few hours go by and they update the story and he had surgery and then died of a heart attack after surgery complications. And then a day goes by and it's like, he had a blood clot related to coronavirus he had a surgery or two surgeries maybe. And yeah. then he died of a heart attack. I'm like, I'm not buying this. I, I know that a lot of people say, we're going to talk about John, Hop- John Hopkins in a minute, but I know that a lot of people say that blood clots are a major complication of coronavirus. But before this, I was, I don't think I had heard about it once. Had you? No, this is not uh, a thing of which I was aware. And as yeah, as you mentioned, we'll get to the legitimacy of that in a minute because I don't think that that's totally bunk. But what did bug me was while that additional information was coming out piece by piece throughout the week, as you mentioned, the early reports were specifically nothing wrong with him at all. Coronavirus death. Nothing more to say here. This was the Today Show's reporting on Congressman-elect Letlow. Mm-hmm. Luke Letlow was just 41 years old. The Congressman-elect was set to be sworn in on Sunday. Instead, his family now planning a funeral after he died at a Louisiana hospital Tuesday due to COVID complications. Do we know at this point if the congressman-elect had any underlying conditions? None. All COVID-related. And Craig and Kristen, he becomes the first member of Congress or member-elect to die from the virus. In as much fairness to them as possible, that could be true insofar as the blood clots might be coronavirus-caused and he had no prior health conditions. However... What seems really underplayed to me in this case is the the nature and the impact of the surgery. So to speak to the blood clot issue first, as you mentioned, as Johns Hopkins notes, uh, it is commonly known that coronavirus, some people infected with coronavirus develop abnormal blood clotting. They don't speak to the frequency here, whether that's common or rare, but it is a known effect. So to yeah. say that he so John- had says in some people with COVID-19 we're seeing a massive inflammatory response the cytokine storm that raises clotting factors in the blood we're also seeing more blood clots in the lungs pulmonary embolism and Mm -hmm. the legs 
deep vein thrombosis and elsewhere. But none of this lends to the heart attack. I think the heart attack was a direct result of the surgery to correct the blood clot. And if I, I'm not a doctor, but if I understand this correctly, a heart attack is a relatively common side effect of major surgery. Like it doesn't happen with certain anesthesia or, I mean, do we, do we, can we say that the blood clot was causal for the heart attack? Well, yeah, that's the question. Heart attack was what killed him. The question is, did coronavirus cause it? Did the surgery cause it? Some combination of both. I don't think it's unfair to say that he, that coronavirus played a role in his death. What I do think is unfair is reporting that says, it was just coronavirus. That's it. That's that's all that happened. Because one, the link between blood clotting and heart attack, it, maybe it happened. I, I don't know. But it, it, it seems that there's something missing there. And, and two, to your point, this is a Health Day reporter in 2017. Older adults, granted he was 41, not necessarily older, but older adults commonly suffered damage to heart cells during various types of surgery, even non-heart related surgeries. And it can significantly raise their risk of dying from the procedure. A new study finds the research looked at a phenomenon called pre uh, no uh, perioperative myocardial injury or PMI. It refers to subtler heart damage that can happen during or soon after any type of surgery. So it, it, it is commonly known that even non heart surgeries, which maybe this was, we don't know where the clot was as far as I've seen disclosed, but presumably the surgical intervention is to address the clotting issue. Even if it's to address a clot in a different part of the body, it is commonly known that the surgery uh, can result in heart attack shortly after surgery, uh, independent of coronavirus that happens with some frequency. Anybody has no underlying conditions. People have uh, heart defects their entire lives and then yeah. they get shot and they find out that they had a major heart defect upon autopsy and yeah. stuff like that happens all the time. I mean, any one of us could have an underlying condition and have no freaking idea. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not sitting here saying it's all a, it's all a big uh, hoax and, and coronavirus had nothing to do with his death. He was hospitalized for coronavirus before all this happened. It appears that he did suffer more than, say, your average 41 year old did because of it. What bothers me is the reporting that specifically emphasizes certain aspects of his death and specifically glosses over or omits other aspects of his death. We got to be comprehensive here and we got to talk about the heart attack being what happened to him and figure out why that happened. And coronavirus may play a role in that, but this is being used to push the fear that healthy 41 year olds are going to drop dead. You never know when it's going to strike. And I'm not convinced that this case actually demonstrates that. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not totally convinced that that coronavirus is real at all. (laughs) You're going to convince me sooner or later. Well, everybody was so happy about this. I mean, when you think about the totality of the, the case demic, um, one f- f- relatively well-known dead 41-year-old is just a way they're using, you know, it's a way they're using anecdotal information to reaffirm people's existing confirmation bias or yeah. solidify this fear that they all have. Why can't people use the anecdotal information like, I don't know anybody that has died of this to inform their decision. But something like this, they're like, oh, well, this is real. You know, I saw a fucking Kaiser Permanente commercial this last week. Every single person was a different race, by the way, that was talking. Well, that's that's the standard for all commercials now. White males are banned. If they are in there, they have to be portrayed as buffoons, idiots. Yeah, it it was absurd. Okay, so the first thing was like some Filipina doctor or whatever, like that's a thing, who was like, (laughs) the first thing that came out of her mouth was like, 
coronavirus is real. I was like, what? This pandemic is so terrible that people have to be told that it's real. <laughs> well, I, I saw, um, I follow, uh, who did I, I follow, what's the, gosh, I, I want a time to forget his name, but do you remember the guy who was confronted by Joe Biden about AR-15s? He was just an industrial worker, like a steel worker in Pennsylvania. And, and Joe Biden had a listen here, Jack moment with him. I follow him yeah. on Twitter because he has interesting things to say. And he made the point, just think about this. You wouldn't be aware there was a pandemic happening if the news didn't tell you so. And I think that's true for a lot of people's personal experience. Again, it's not that personal experience matters more than data, but it, isn't it a little telling that you have to be told by a broadcast or print media or whatever you consume that it's really dangerous and scary out there? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a notorious hypochondriac. And when I'm worried about a certain condition, like if I'm worried I have a brain tumor, I'll be like, my vision's weird and one eye. And it's only like that when I'm thinking about it. But that's exactly what we have on a on a large scale. I got yeah. sick uh, with my husband a few months ago and he had like a lingering cough for weeks and weeks. If coronavirus is real, I'm fairly convinced that we got it. Had this happened in any other year, it would have gone by and would have been a blip on the radar. Like, oh, we were just under the weather for a few days or whatever. We never would have investigated it. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have made a difference to our lives. It's because the entire nation is so honed in on, do I have shortness of breath? Do I have a loss of taste and smell? Blah, blah. Right. How many do anybody does anybody know that have gotten well horribly sick from this and this is the interesting thing too the moral implications of that and, I, and again i'll credit dave cullen who made that point that i when he talked with us back in the spring that i think is crucial now doing that experience doing what you just described we had this sickness we got through it we didn't really think much about it last year that's an aspect of normal everyday life this year that's a moral failure even though in times prior, assuredly, you've passed on the flu or some other virus that probably down the line got somebody killed. You've been a part of that chain because that's the biological reality. Now, though, we've twisted that reality of life into a moral failure on your part. And you're some kind of quasi murderer for having had that totally normal experience. I know. I know. It's mm. uh, it's insane. And it's also so nebulous. Like you can never pin that on anybody because Except we're the all... damn Chinese and the DNC who cooperated with them to release it. Never forget. I'm... That's <laughs> if you think the virus is yeah. real. I just need you to level up just like a, you're so close. You're just, I'm getting you're gonna... there. I'm getting there. I mean, how long do we have to go before everybody's like, this, this is clearly horse shit, right? It's like the uh, only person that I know that has died, even through people is like my hairdresser's sister's father-in-law who was in hospice. That's literally the only person I can think of. Uh, well, in hospice is a pretty key uh, qualifier. He was already dying of pancreatic cancer, stage yeah. four pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Well, the hysteria will continue no matter what. For a certain segment of, of the population, there is no factual discovery that could sway their hysterical devotion to what this has become. And that's what's scary about it. And you can oh, see that. The fear. I don't know. I don't know why they want to, but they do submit. And and you can see that manifesting in the mask wars, which we'll get to in a minute. But but you can also see that in the shifting of the goalposts. And this is what makes me think more and more that this is deliberate action as opposed to simply happenstance that's being seized upon by opportunists. The longer this goes on, the more goal, goalposts that shift, the more I'm inclined to believe that all of that is intentional and it's designed to get us to submit to a particular way of life and to see things that were abnormal last year or yesterday as totally normal or even desirable now. To the point I'm getting to, 
Uh, this headline in Business Insider, top World Health Organization scientist says vaccinated travelers should still quarantine, citing lack of evidence that COVID-19 vaccines prevent transmission. So th- we've been sold first. This is the latest goalpost to shift. We were sold the vaccine as the time, as the, the big savior where all things will go back to normal once we roll this out. Now we're being told, actually, there's no evidence that the vaccine even prevents transmission. And of course, if it doesn't prevent transmission, then there's no justification to stop masking, stop lockdowns, stop quarantining, stop all of this nonsense that's been forced upon us for the last year. This is what the particular doctor had to say. And this isn't, by the way, this isn't just some rando. This is the um, a, a chief scientist. I forget the, I guess the title is just chief scientist, Dr. Sumya Swaminathan. Uh, Give it, give it your best attempt. I don't know. But this is the doctor saying, yeah, uh, we actually don't think the, um, or at least we can't prove that the vaccine stops transmission. It only lessens symptoms. At the moment, uh, I don't believe we have the evidence on any of the vaccines to, uh, to be confident that it's going to prevent people from actually getting the infection and therefore being able to pass it on. Why? Why would you get an experimental RNA vaccine that is totally untested in the human population that they are not sure is going to prevent a disease that probably doesn't exist? Why would anybody do this? This Because it'll lessen the mild symptoms. And if it only lessens the mild symptoms, then you have the moral obligation to protect the to prevent the transmission, which can't be done by the vaccine, which we were told for a year was the point of the vaccine. Again, the point, these people don't want you to get back to normal. They want to restructure what you view as normal. They want you to submit and obey. And as long as we go along with this, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get insane scenes like we've seen recently within the last week. And like we see every goddamn week, this time it was raiding an an unauthorized gathering of six people at a home in Quebec. What the hell happened here? Um, Yeah. Okay. So according to CTV news, these two people were arrested for an illegal, not even in quotes, this was actually illegal um, gathering of six people. So some douchebag called the police. The neighbor, right? That must've been a neighbor at 1130 PM on Thursday after receiving a complaint. uh, They found six adults inside and indoor and outdoor private gatherings are currently prohibited in prohibited in Gatineau. Am I saying that right? Gatineau? Somewhere in Quebec. It's gotta be French. Who knows? Um, under Quebec's COVID-19 response. Let's play this clip. Here's what some of the scene looked like. So they're ripping this guy out of the house. They take him outside and detain him. Okay, now... The police say there's more to this story. There kind of is. But is it in a way that justifies any of this? No. Uh, The police say the video only shows an excerpt from the intervention. The individuals were uh, recalcitrant and refused to cooperate. The individual arrested in that video, the guy we saw just dragged out of the house, had assaulted a police officer, hitting him in the face a few times. So it sounds like what happened is... Yeah, the cops showed up and tried to break up an illegal gathering in a private home of six people. And the guy got pissed and hit the cop. This is just unreal. Uh, This is making it very difficult for me to support the police in any endeavor. I mean, 
I did just I'm, spend like 10 minutes talking about how that was a justified police shooting, which it was. Yeah. But, you know, at a certain point, Americans and, and Canadians are going to be like, uh, why? This, again, why? is the sort of moral, philosophical, principled question that every police officer is going to have to address for himself. Am I willing to go raid private homes because the state decided that there was plus one too many people inside of that? Is that a line that I'm willing to cross as a supposedly well, yeah, moral actor? of police officers that gives them like raging hard ons. It's why they join the force. Well, and those, those are the, yeah, those are the bad ones. Those are the immoral ones. Well, those, those are, are the, the ones effective police officers in the coming time. So, you know, mm. what am I supposed to do about that? Yeah. I, I mean, this is the sort of stuff that to me, any, I don't know what they swear in Canada. So I'll be, I'll be, you guys do you in Quebec and Canada, I guess. But if this was in the United States, that is an obvious betrayal of the oath to me. And anybody who's doing that sort of oath betrayal does not deserve the loyalty or support of the, of the people because they've betrayed that to which they swore. So we'll see. Well, you're going to see more of this, not less. Uh, there was this other episode in San Antonio. There was an anti-mask protest at a mall. And uh, the viral clip that circulated this week, it was it was posted by a veterans advocacy group. Mall cops busted up this protest and arrested a disabled army vet for the crime of uh, not wearing a mask. It's always more technical than that. We'll get to that in a moment, but that is the nature of the confrontation. Not wearing a mask. This is the North Star Mall in San Antonio. This, uh, the technicality that's always applied to this is that it's not a mask issue. It's a trespass issue because these people went in and wanted to protest masks. And then the mall ownership asked them to leave or put on a mask. They wouldn't do either. And so when they wouldn't leave or put on a mask, they were arrested for trespass. That's the technicality here. Uh, but of course, all of this originates from a conflict over masks. The second we drop this mask pretense, this all goes away. Critical responses on Twitter make the point that just because you're a disabled vet doesn't mean you're exempt from the rules. And that's correct. It doesn't mean that he's above the law. The question is, what is the law? Is this law in this case or is it someone's edict? But even that criticism misses the point. The point is culturally, is this how we reward those who put their lives on the line for this country and their freedoms by surrendering all of that freedom? <laughs> voluntarily and willfully and then arresting him for trying to exercise that for which he fought. Is that how we behave culturally as a country? Cause that's a, that's a disgrace. What we're watching is a damn disgrace. Uh, I don't care if it's the law, if it's a, if it's, it's, if it's a, if it's a law that we should be fighting against, then does it really matter? I mean, we are going to come into a time imminently <laughs> Where there are laws that we're going to have to exercise civil disobedience against. It's the only way out, I would say. I don't see a, I don't see a more plausible way out. And, and if we're going if we're going to say that civil disobedience is justified in all of the other historical contexts, civil rights contexts of the past, whatever, I don't see how you could say that it was justified then, but it's not justified now. That you, that you, if you view a law to be totally unjust, that to go and passively protest it which is i suppose what they're doing in this i mean granted at the end of the day i the mall ownership is who they are it's their property they're entitled to enforce the rules on their property that i want but 
I, I have to be critical of a culture where we're going to say you disabled army vet are not welcome on this property because of your refusal to put a cloth diaper over your face. That is everyone's safety blanket to make them feel safe from the scary germ. Okay. Uh, This is a cultural thing. It's not a a strict legal angle. So it's just what, what, what kind of country do we want to be? And I don't want to be that. I don't want anything to do with that nonsense. That's bullshit. It's just, um, to people with underlying conditions and such. Um, but now I'm just, I just feel like this late stage, who who could possibly believe this anymore? Well, I think we still should be. I I want everybody to be able to make determinations for themselves. But you know what frustrates me? You talk about how how we have to be told on the news that this virus is so dangerous and ignore everything that you see in your day-to-day life. We're also just told that vulnerable people are demanding that we do this. They never actually say that. How many times do you hear the nursing home people demanding this? How many times do you hear people with underlying conditions say, you owe me, you must ruin your life to accommodate me? It's very rare. I just want to see their grandkids. And stuff. Yeah. I think that's a media creation. I, I, I you, hope you're right, but we do have a lot of Karens out there with this mask mandate. Well, but they're not the vulnerable ones. <laughs> they're just the crazy yeah. ladies. Yeah. I'm speaking of. Well, I don't know. Is this crazy or is this bait? This was sent to me on Twitter. I just responded based. Although I, on the record, I disavow. You don't, you don't get to beat people. But this was so hilarious. I watched it like five times. I couldn't stop laughing. I knew this was going to be right up your alley. So in St. Louis, a woman was confronted at a gas station by a sheriff's deputy who works security for the business. When asked to wear a mask, the woman responded by attacking the deputy and beating her with her <laughs> own baton. Blonde move right St. Louis there. police are looking for a woman who they say beat up a sheriff's deputy after being asked mm, to wear a mask. Face for radio. Take a look. The deputy who worked as a security guard there told the woman she couldn't come in without a mask. Police say the woman became belligerent, fought the deputy, even beat her with her own baton. The deputy suffered a concussion. Oh. So there, this is the start of the beating or outside. But as is always the case in some of these... Um, urban encounters the narration is, is the narration makes it funnier listen to the narration here she beat her ass, beat her ass bro she beat her ass okay then the cop follows her over to the car this is the the woman who beat up the cop. This is her car in the, that's red. And the cop followed her over and continued trying to intervene. And it still goes more poorly for the cop. If you hear there, that sounds like a taser. By the way. She's pulling out her weave. <laughs> so the lady successfully fights off the cop. Just backs the hell out of there and leaves. I don't think they've, Released an identity on this woman yet? <laughs> the most St. Louis thing I've ever seen. I love how this was also released on WorldStarHipHop.com. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, good for her. Although I, I did kind of think that maybe it was a tranny. Oh, I guess I didn't think it was a like a a tall woman, I suppose, but I didn't I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean. This is, it's got so many layers. It's like the, the angry black chick thing and then the chick on chick violence and then the black female cop. It's just, 
it's got everything. I love it. The fact that that lady is a sheriff's deputy is damning. Okay. Uh, uh, We can have our debate about female cops or discuss that as much as we want. But uh, it's not just a female cop thing. This is a uh, morbidly obese female cop. Uh, Who the hell is she going to stop? And if she did deploy the taser, that's another angle on this too. You're telling me that a taser was insufficient to stop an enraged female attacker about masks. How the hell is it going to stop the George Floyd's of the world? Yeah, exactly. This is the convergence of two black women's overconfidence. It's like, (laughs) well, one of them, one of them was justified in her confidence. It appears. Oh, I can take this bitch. Mm, (laughs) We need our weave. Yeah, never forget. Famous quotes from Milwaukee 2016. Take that shit to the suburbs. We need our weave shops. Well, that chick's an American hero, so good for her. <laughs> Honor. Can, let's hero. get together with Black Lives Matter. This is this is this is one that needs honoring with a vigil and a protest. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. Last one I have is I, I we neither of us could find a lot of information on this one. It's just circulating on this. Nothing. It appears to be from Snapchat or something, but uh, what the context here is a, a a woman is a delivery worker and she's in an elevator with some young female person who is mad that she wasn't wearing her mask correctly. And this is the encounter that resulted. Someday. It's not playing for me. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to back this up because some of it's sucked. One more time. You are a delivery person incorrectly wearing the mask inside is of this, the big building. Is this incorrectly worn, guys? Is this lightly. incorrectly worn? I wasn't like that the whole fucking time. Uh, Notes on her I way out. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Post punch. It wasn't like that the whole fucking time. Post punch. Her mask is also below her nose. Now oh, the system's all buggy. But anyway, yeah, her mask popped loose and was below her nose. I, I wish I, I knew more about this, but on a, on a surface level, this, this girl looks pretty young to me. And that's an actually sad type of thing. If this is a sort of situation where, again, we're conditioning young people to view others just going about their work day in a public setting as threats or dangers to be confronted in a screeching, hysterical way. Uh, yeah. yeah, but where's the critical thinking here? I know that they've been indoctrinated their entire lives, but I just don't have that much sympathy for people. I was indoctrinated in government schools my entire life. And also during this, I was a pregnant hypochondriac and I still managed to see through the bullshit. It's like, <laughs> if I can do it, I swear to God, anybody else should be able to figure this one out. Like, what is wrong with this chick? She can't be, she's not 12, you know, she, she she's like eight, at least eight. Something older than that. Well, yeah, she's probably in her 20s. I tell you who's not going to figure it out. That is our surprise cringe submission for the night. Get ready, because this one involves younger people compromised. This is Ari, Gwendolyn, and Brynifer. They are in a polyamorous relationship, and they all parent Hazel and Sparrow. We have a two-year-old antigender baby and a 10-year-old who is non-binary. They have chosen not to disclose Sparrow's gender. We don't know it yet. It's something that Sparrow's going to have to figure out and then tell us. Please tell us how and why you decided to come out as non-binary. Because the pronouns she and he did not fit. 
non-binary was what I turned to. And two and a half year old Sparrow has yet to make a choice about their gender. Sure, they have anatomy, we understand it, but like that's not indicative of their identity. It's something that Sparrow's gonna have to figure out and then tell us before we can panel anyone else. Oh, um. Particularly because it's, you know, something that our parents did and they got it wrong. Online, there's a lot of angry people. I have literally received death threats. What you are doing is absolutely horrifying. I feel for your kids. They should never be put through something like that. What you're thinking is so effed up. It's actually scary. Crazy, crazy lady. I hope karma hits you back and your kids grow up to detest you. Basically almost everyone on this planet are assigned a gender when we're young. And for most people, that identity assignment works well enough. For those of us who are transgender, that assignment, it was too radically different from what we felt we needed to express ourselves. <laughs> my extraordinary fail. Oh my God. Would you like some context? <laughs> As oh, to what, okay. we just, what we just witnessed. Uh, this, this is part of the series, My Extraordinary Family on the English channel, truly. Can watch it on YouTube, but you can't uh, express your displeasure with the dislike button. That's disabled, but comments still enabled. If you want to go uh, enjoy a rowdy comment section on YouTube, <laughs> this was posted uh, December twenty third, so it's pretty fresh. Uh, now we can. Um, there are a lot of layers to this. We we can pick apart the practice of raising gender neutral babies, which is what they're talking about. And of course, bringing these female dudes with their penises into her dyke vagina and then producing <laughs> is that, that how this is you see, know when a man sticks his dick in your vagina it means he's a dude you're a chick <laughs> no those are feelings those are just feelings uh, don't get confused here but you actually had the exact same reaction that i did when watching this it's okay set the parenting philosophy aside there's a lot of shit here you guys never explained like there's three of them. Are we just not going to talk about the polyamory arrangement here? There's there are three of them. Who's the dad? Which one is the dad? Which one is fe- who's the female? I can't even tell. And by the, the true injustice of all of this. Well, maybe it's not the greatest injustice, but it's still an injustice. I was trying to figure out who the hell these people are. Okay. The Rachel Maddow, David Hogg, older brother looking one in the middle, um, at least on my screen. That's Ari. Who's, as far as I understand, a mom, a biologically female mom. And then there's Gwendolyn and Brennifer. Brennifer. And I thought, okay, Brennifer. Who, that, that name is an injustice itself. So who the hell are these people? I have to look them up. So I went searching for clarification about whether Gwendolyn or Brennifer is the father of these children. If either of them, it might be somebody else. So I'm scrolling down and reading an article about them from 2019, not long ago. You can click it in the... Uh, in the um, in the notes, the second link in the surprise cringe, if you want to see it yourself. But there's uh, it's like, who the hell are these people? Brinifer is in this photo, this huge, hairy hound looking man who I assume is the father of these two children though they don't state it. And then there's a third person, Luna. So not only is it a polyamorous relationship, there's a different person in there. Who the hell is Luna is are Luna. And did you ever find out if those children are the biological children of either of no, I just assume that it's Brinifer and and Ari, the hound and Rachel Maddow here, who had the actual children. And they're calling well, it 
Gwendolyn is probably raping those kids. <laughs> Gwendolyn is the odd one out here. As you could, Gwendolyn, which one is Gwendolyn? One of these two dudes. I can't even tell. But I, I my point is, Gwendolyn is not the same as Luna. I don't think so. Just as as recently as a year ago, a year and a half ago, there was a third member in this arrangement who has since been booted in favor of Gwendolyn. We're not even talking about that. I see. Like it's a polyamorous, but also unstable polyamorous. It appears. Do you think these men are having sex with each other? Who knows? None of those questions are answered. And that. I need more information. So all of that is independent of the, uh, of the babies stuff. Did, did you notice? I, I thought you might perk up when she said, Oh, I'm getting death threats. You might think, Oh, go on. I'd like to hear those. You see how lame they were. None of those were even death threats. They're just like, you're a crazy lady. It's like, I'm going to come with what, what they should. I'm going to come to this address and I'm going to choke you out. until <laughs> You die. I'm going to uh, liberate your children by force, bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're Kids are, I mean, they're going to have just terrible, terrible lives. They already are having terrible lives. I mean, outside of the child abuse and the probable rape that's going on, you know what the worst part of this is? This Gwendolyn, you have it on a freeze frame right now? Yeah. This chicken shirt. Oh, uh, let me go back to that. I have that shirt. I own that shirt. Well, which one's Gwendolyn? I don't even know. The one on the left or the right? The one on the right in the pink shirt. The one with the, uh, yeah, okay. With the weird sleeves. Yeah, I, I own the same article. This is so, oh my God. Can you imagine if our ancestors saw this video? Yeah. What would they even well, do? And, and I feel bad for burying the parenting philosophy, which is, uh, which is more to the point here. But again, we've talked about this before. The sole job of being a parent outside of providing basic sustenance for your child is giving the child a a framework with which to navigate a complex world. If you fail in guiding the child in figuring out how to navigate this world, you've failed at basically your only job outside of keeping them alive with food and shelter. So in in this case, it's not even that they're just abdicating or failing in that role to be a proper guide for their kids to make sense of the world. They're actually inserting complexity. They're making it more difficult for the kid to navigate that world. This is even if there's no physical abuse going on, as you speculate, this is a form of mental and psychological abuse. This is, this is horrible child abuse. That kid was pro- what, like 13? I think the one is 12. The older one is 12. The younger one is two and a half is what they said. Can you imagine going through puberty, obviously being a girl, starting your first period and then having your lesbian mom and your two transgender fathers telling you that like, your first period is just a figment of your imagination yeah. and it has no bearing on biological reality. It's like you, of all the confusing things, the things that are confusing for kids growing up, if it was on you to discover gender and sexuality without giving any gu- without being given any guidance of it, do you know how many horrible misconceptions would, would develop in your mind. That's true for any context. We don't allow children. The point of being a parent is not to allow children to discover you want to give them a framework through which to discover, but if you create a nonsense world for them, you're not doing them any service. And if you wait for them to tell you what they are, as far as a boy or a girl, I mean, the, the parenting philosophy makes no sense. She even says, Oh, for the vast majority of people, the, the, the gender assigned at birth is sufficient. And they never feel different from that. Okay. So why don't you operate within the norm? And if there's trouble later, cross that bridge when you get to it. 
I don't understand. The parenting philosophy is just silliness. This is satanic. This is evil. Well, as always, uh, these insane people and these any other random American household that they would end up in would be better than this situation. These cases always push the limits of what is appropriate state intervention in a parenting arrangement, because I, I want to be as cautious as possible in having state intervention in parental, in parents raising their kids. Uh, it, it, We're embarking on a society where people have are investigated with CPS for homeschooling their children. We're for you, not doing this sort of thing, for not yeah. enabling these sort of gender delusions. Uh, it's just it's just so insane to be to be on this side of the political and cultural spectrum where I'm looking at something like this and I'm like, people think that that I'm the crazy person yeah. in this situation. Like you're the threat. How, how, how is that even how can anybody look at this and think that this is like a normal way to live or to raise children? Or to not be filled with murderous rage. Well, doesn't this seem like people? <laughs> I, I, the presentation always suggests or implies this is just a different way to do it. This is just a totally normal way that people do different things differently. Isn't this interesting? Because it's different. The point is not just that people live differently. The point is that. If there's anything true in the social sciences, it's that parents raised in a nuclear family of a mom and a dad do better than anybody else. And any of these degenerate arrangements, I'm sorry, but that's what they are. They invariably produce kids who face more difficulty, kids who struggle more. It, it's about the welfare of these children. I don't give a shit what these weirdos do in their bedroom. I really don't. I don't know who puts one in what. I don't know who licks what. I don't give a shit about that. I do care about these kids, though. Do you really do you at the end of the day, do you care as much about that stuff as you care about these kids whose future is being compromised? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I care more about the kids. However, those kids are going to grow up to be a horrible force to be reckoned with that are probably worse and more entrenched than their retard parents. We have to also think about that. Like that 12 year old might be too late for her. Two and a half year old. OK, let's get that kid in therapy and right-wing death squad the whole family but <laughs> well they're probably the going to do it for you that's the thing as always I, if i could make a suggestion to these producers in addition to applying maybe an ounce of scrutiny when they do these stories uh will you do a follow-up segment in 10 years will you yeah i mean i'm sure our audience knows um because we have such a loyal and wonderful audience but when we talked about this similar situation last time with the five dads yes that's right that, that so we had a, a surprise cringe. I don't know. It must have been about a year ago, right? Something like that. It was these five dads and this fat Mexican chick who inexplicably got all these dudes to bang her and live with her in this weird polyamorous relationship. And then one of them knocked her up and they had a kid. And then another one of them like beat the kid nearly to death. And their plan was they were all going to be dad, right? Biology. It's the same thing that these people say. What, there's a quote in this story I found. What Ari describes as a multi-adult household, there is no biological definition of parent. That's what she says. It's the same philosophy that, oh, we're going to have multiple dads and there's no biological or genetic component to that. It doesn't work, man. That's how you get kids beaten up. That's what happens when you try that shit. Good luck. How close are these people to a suburban and a cliff? <laughs> they, they live in Orlando, I think. 
No, real far. Yeah. At least from the, the lesbian cliff divers. At least from okay. the most opportune spot in Northern California. Yeah. I don't know about the cliffs of Florida. I don't know if they have any. Well, I feel sufficiently demoralized. The show must be over. That's it. We're done. I did my job. Okay. Let's, uh, let me catch up on D live real quick. Let's see. Um, Slurmaster 9,000. That's a great name. Slurmaster 9,000. That might be your nickname actually. This, this would be a non-issue if we didn't fill Minneapolis with joggers to begin with. Very fit, though. And actually, it's mostly bicyclists. Bicyclists are very welcome in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slurmaster also says, Will Farrell has really lost it. I am uh, vomit grandparent cry. What did he do recently? I haven't, I haven't heard anything from him. Will Farrell. Mm-hmm. Will Farrell. Oh, I don't let me catch up on a couple streamlabs and we'll hop into YouTube. Xander says the entire or there are entire Facebook and Instagram pages with thousands of followers for the sole purpose of calling people out for violating COVID restrictions, literally trying to ruin people's lives. Who needs government when regular people are willing to do it for them? Yeah. And that's a that's a cultural failure. Of course, government is a reflection of our culture. And if we lose the culture in that way, you're fucked. You're never going to you're never going to have government be the last stand against a decaying and broken culture. So that's why it's important to make those sort of stands in our personal lives that we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little late for the government. <laughs> no, the, we yeah. can't, we can't rely on the government uh, to, um, to uphold our basic rights. If we don't value them ourselves, Phil says uh, happy new year gang. Here is another, here's to another year of fed posting and attempting to radicalize the scando. <laughs> defensively of course susan well i don't know whether you guys are doing a better job or if it's just the factual reality of the year that was but i've never felt tin foilier and um and frankly speaking uh, uh more pessimistic though i am not allowing myself to succumb to um to that i want to maintain optimism i want to think about i want to think constructively and with a can-do attitude but 2020 was a bitch of a year man if 2020 if 2021 has worse in store uh yeah, radicalized snow ape, I think, is um, a fair prospect. <laughs> That'd be a funny tattoo. <laughs> maybe I should get one. Yeah, maybe I should. Uh, yep. Yeah, a, a radicalized snow ape would be a, a funny one to have. Crypto Crook says. Or a Bigfoot. Uh, yes, that's one of the set pieces I bought for my new space, by the way. I had to get a Bigfoot figurine. That's not what's causing the delay. There are more important pieces <laughs> causing the delay. But a Bigfoot a Bigfoot figurine is part of the uh, aesthetic. Crypto Crook says, I, with my family, was in uh, the Miami Zoo recently. Inspired by Matt, we decided not to wear a mask there, even though it was required. Surprisingly enough, nobody asked us once to put a mask on. Not staff, not randos around. We've, we spent four hours there. There you go. And maybe, maybe you showed some people that freedom is still attainable if you want it. It's good for you. I mean, shame on you for super spreading and killing the whole state. Grandma. Yeah. Asshole. Phil says some CNN reporter comes up to me while I'm skiing. I'm running them into the trees. Sure. I'll be kicked off the slope, but it would be worth it to see these wastes of oxygen. Try to dig themselves out of the tree. wells. Well, one would hope for a tree. Well, fate. Are you, are you familiar with tree wells and all? Yeah. Isn't that what killed Sonny Bono? It might've been. I don't, did he hit a tree or did he actually suffocate? I don't, I don't know. I don't, but especially in Oregon at Mount Hood, like Mount Hood like that, you get really deep tree wells where the snow builds up around these big giant Pacific Northwest trees. And there's just a big kind of cavity around 
the the trunk of the tree. And if you happen to fall into that head first with that heavy snow, especially out there, you can't dig yourself out if you fall the wrong way and you suffocate. Broke his neck and yeah. Tree. So if, so yeah, tree well is a good is a good place for that CNN reporter. <laughs> Incidentally, by his own actions, Susan, not by anyone yep. else's. Although I would like to see Don Lemon go all Sonny Bono. That'd be <laughs> again, incidentally by his own actions. Actually, yeah. Wilmer says WAPO article on the weekend before the Georgia Senate election feels like it's about uh, motivating the democratic base to get to the polls, to tip the balance of power in the Senate to the Dems. Love the show. Uh, you guys make it fun. Well, thank you. Uh, if the call was yesterday, then I suppose the timing is not necessarily suspect, but I think the one thing that's going to be a huge motivational factor. And I didn't mention in the segment, the risk that Mitch McConnell took not to cave on the $2,000 demand and to try to get some other pieces into the bill, rightly or wrongly, that's a massive political risk that could see him and the Republican Party punished by Georgia voters. We'll see who wins in that gamble between Nancy Pelosi and Mitch. Crypto Crook says the surprise cringe episode makes me want to go full RD, RWDS mode. This is outright child abuse. These adult abominations have to be Con- convinced to behave differently, Susan, is what he said. Not <laughs> That's what he said. They have to be given a stern talking to. Thank you, Crypto Crook. Uh, point taken. Message taken. All right. I- I'm all caught up there. What do we got on YouTube? Uh, Beady Beady says, thank you guys for the Sandy Safe Space I've been watching since the early days. And even remember when Matt tried to go by Matty C on YouTube. Really? No, I never did that. That wasn't a thing. But but I I think maybe what you might have seen was I have an like I have a Gmail and a and an account that has that that's left over from a long time. But I've never had the channel be named that. They went from uh, Skag Three just to my regular name. I never branded the channel that way. But I do have an account that uses that. Maybe it just showed on the screen once, or somehow it was mentioned. I don't know. Maddie C, uh, thank you for that. Better call hall. I got my conceal and carry. I went to a party, carried an appendix at one o'clock position as a test to see if anyone noticed the gun. Not a single person noticed. Hmm. What was your time like? I don't, I don't conceal and carry. So I have tried appendix carry uh, recently and I actually kind of like it. So uh, appendix carry is like right on, you know, the, the front, right under your stomach, basically like your gun is pointed right at your junk. Okay. That's, that's why a lot of people are hesitant about appendix carry positives though. Quick access faster draw all of those things and to me sometimes carrying on the hip which is what i'm more accustomed to can get a little uncomfortable it, it kind of digs into your hip and into your side so i've tried out appendix carry uh, the one downside on appendix carry which has persuaded me against it is sitting down is insufferable like it's fine if you're walking around but the second you sit down it just jabs into you and you can't make like you look like a jackass sitting down because you're like greetings everyone there's nothing odd about me at all so if i'm just going to the store or something and there's no sitting down it's fine maybe appendix carriers out there tell me how you do it because i can't i don't do it because in the off chance i have to sit down there's no way to do it without looking like a total weirdo so i've abandoned it but i'm not hey be proud of me though i've appendix carried one in the chamber i ain't afraid of shooting off my ball okay i've done it and that's so brave (laughs) <laughs> yeah i've come a long way since being afraid to, to carry one in the chamber only a matter of what like a year and a half ago 
Hmm. Uh, yeah. Laurel says, how do you approach making life decisions over the next year or so with all the uncertainty happening in the country? Am I the only one who finds it difficult to make any kind of plans? Uh, no, every fiber in my being is telling me not to have more children, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> we saw. Yikes. I, I know you will. So it, it's not like I have to convince you, but we were at the grocery store yesterday. Like I was mentioning, we saw some dumb leftist with a car with a bunch of leftist bumper stickers on, you know, your typical anti-Trump stuff. But one of them on the car was save the earth. Don't reproduce. It was like, okay, you first bitch. Like, I don't have a problem if you stick to that, but it just, it, yeah. it's like, what are you talking? Okay. First of all, even if I granted the premise that we're destroying the planet, earth's health this is still part of the anti-human perspective all right what is more important than the health and well-being of the human species isn't that paramount and yes the earth's integrity and health matters to the extent that it sustains human life but what's really the priority here i thought human life was the priority this bitch is outright saying no there are lots more things way more important than human life the anti-human agenda strikes again don't but don't facilitate these people in any way have more children yikes um, I don't know, Laurel, we didn't answer your question at all. Yes, that was a total non-answer. How do you plan? <laughs> uh, um, my plan is to just do things like get pregnant and then I have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, if I think about it too much, it'll, it'll just never happen. So I'm just going to continue to make choices without thinking about them. Well, I, and I have to conceptualize it in my head as though if I hesitate to live my life as I otherwise would, I've conceded and let these people won or let these people win. So, um, it's weird to think of going about your life as you otherwise would as an act of rebellion, but that's kind of the place that we are. And to me, that's motivating. Like, Oh, I I'm sticking it to the man by <laughs> like going to the store without a mask or longer term planning. Like you're talking about having children, or thinking about what my parents are going to do when they retire or how I want to handle our housing needs and all that sort of stuff. If I sit here and hesitate because I'm afraid of the world that is, these people win and I refuse to let them win. Uh, so Terika Unbound, greetings from Clown World. I'm back today from visiting family in Missouri and Minnesota, Mississippi. Mississippi. Now MS? I'm required by my Obersturm governor to quarantine for 10 days in case... Uh, any of the 80 year olds I visited gave me COVID. Ugh. Good grief. You That's have to absurd. quarantine in case they gave you COVID. That's a, that's the world we live in, I guess. Dying light of the West. He who fights with monsters might take care lest he thereby become a monster. And if you gaze for too long into an abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. That's Nietzsche. Mm. Keep up the good fight in 2020. It is, it is the battle. I want to become the monster, but Skag fights it. The basis uh, for this whole show is it? it's just the yin and the yang, man. We pull each other in healthy directions, I would say. Um, Kalav Blioff says Trump and I went to a quaint little desserts cafe. I held a slice of pie out to him and he opened his mouth. I said, stay still and slowly rub the pie up against the bottoms of his front teeth, carving little grooves into the top of the slice. <laughs> Where did I just read? I am not going to be niggled. I think it's just some joke about Trump. You know, Trump has, I can't imitate it, but he has that kind of default facial expression where it's kind of the bottom teeth sticking out. I think it's some joke on, on that. Yeah. So mm. I, I guess that's, that's the punchline. Andrew brick article five of the constitution provides a way to circumvent Congress and reduce curtail reconstrain its power. Look at the convention of States. If you're not familiar, founders knew what would come. Uh, 
I think that they probably would still be pretty surprised, don't you? Uh, well, I, th- I think that there'd be a lot of uh, a lot of disappointment looking at what's going on currently. But uh, to the convention of states point, we yeah, we've talked about that. I know we've had um, one particular caller on the Wednesday show who's very enthusiastic about that, even before all this coronavirus stuff. And yes, to your point, the states do hold the power to claw back a bunch of their power from Congress, even amend the Constitution itself if they want to, which is what this movement is all about. The question is, do you have the will of a sufficient number of states? And if you don't have the cultural will in the people, Convention of States can't save you either because the states are a reflection of the people too. We got to win the cultural war to have any hope there um, to to get the sort of constitutional reforms or clawbacks of power that we'd like to see. We. Uh, it's a great idea. And if it's available to us, I'd like to see it pursued. I just think we're far away right now from that being viable. We got work to do culturally to make it viable. I agree. Um, Nicholas Gay says we will never be able to scale back the federal government. They control the elections, the courts, education, et cetera. Our God given rights have been destroyed. Paradise is lost. Breitbart said it best war. (laughs) Yeah. As we were talking about earlier, consolidated power doesn't dissolve that way. It, 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 it has to be taken back. So we'll see. Uh, we have a giant donation here. Oh, very kind. Thank you so much, Citizen 7. I believe some amount of fraud has existed in many of our elections, but nothing like this. The amount of fraud in 2020 election is so rampant and obvious that I believe Democrats have reduced the United States into nothing more than a banana republic. What's the point of even having elections at this point? Change my mind. Couldn't have said I am not gonna be myself. Uh, what is the point of having elections and what's the point of voting? Are we all going to continue to act like this farce is somehow what all of us wanted and asked for? And like we all took part in our constitutional republic and like our votes matter and like, like this is our government that reflects the will of the people. Are we seriously going to fucking act like this now? I I will still vote because there's nothing that is you're not losing anything by voting. But that said, it, it is is do I have faith in the system as it's as is currently constructed? No, no. And I, I don't think any of us, given the, the display that we saw this year, should. I think the only hope that you have is is getting this restored at your state level, getting in touch with your state reps and, and people who run your state and saying, listen, we're going to implement a series of electoral reforms to uphold integrity. Um. I, w- I don't know of anyone who says, just sit back. The system is awesome as is and keep voting for me right now. It's just a, it's an, it can't hurt type mechanism. Like you're not doing any harm, but it is not sufficient. Voting itself is no longer sufficient. I don't think a lot of people would argue that. JM says the delay Trump gets with the impoundment control act is as long as successful veto would last when Biden likely takes office and signs off on it. And Congress has a yay, nay point by point. Yeah, I don't I don't see the the benefit gain there, though. So as long as a successful is as long as a successful veto win uh, would last when Biden likely takes office. OK, so but that's to me, that's no difference. So if Trump comes out and vetoes it and then Biden gets in office. And they want to pass the same exact thing with Biden signing it, well, the, the outcome would be the same. But Trump would have the benefit of saying, I never signed that piece of shit. Now yeah. he has signed it and the wasteful spending still comes through. I, I just don't see the advantage. And I, I don't see the advantage when he sp- went out in a high profile public Christmas video address saying this bill's a pile of crap. We're not going to, we're not going to do this only a few days later, totally turns around on it. So 
to me, the, the strategic angle on this, the Trump, I'm not saying you're saying Trump 40 chess, but you know, the, the argument that Trump's being strategic on this one, I don't see the strategy. I just see it as a total piece of hypocrisy and a total loss, to be honest. I, I don't get it at all. Thunderstorm. Uh, this is excellent. Foreign aid is money laundering. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. To the point on what, what is the explanation for this seemingly absurd stuff? What are we, what are we looking at here? What's really going on? And why do we give money to wealthy nations? There's another thing. Why do, why do we have any foreign aid going to places like Israel? You could make a case for foreign aid to impoverished nations, impoverished African nations and stuff, even though I wouldn't do that either if I were Blondfuhrer. Uh, but it's baffling to me that we do. It's not baffling. I know why we do it, but you know, we have to think about the interests and how our interests align with other nations um, and why we do these things for political reasons. And I welcome the uh, counter case. I don't, I don't care if it's a wealthy country. I don't care if it's a poor country, but where have we successfully propped up a country to be better off than it otherwise would have been by just sending them checks. Uh, and even if you can show me this, the isolated case where it's successful, I'll show you a dozen more where it just goes to the mm-hmm. pockets of warlords. It goes yeah, to, exactly. you know, a whole bunch of fraudulent purposes. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I don't want to be doing any of this in general, but particularly in a year when Americans are suffering, we're already in debt. Why would we aid people overseas before we aid Americans here? And it's not even aid. It's just like, how about just stop stealing our shit in the first place? How about let us keep our stuff and let us work? How about that? Oh, I know. Um, issue says, just a reminder, you can't say 2021 without 2020. Have a wonderful <laughs> new year. <laughs> Doc Bailey. can't believe Pelosi's speaker again on the best of days. Skeletor is a bad leader on the worst of days. She's an absolute disaster. Really can't stand her. I know. And her melty face. Dumb and yet bitch. she cracks uh, the whips, man. I, I wonder what she's like behind the scenes. She gets it done. I'll give her that. She gets it done. I, everything she does, I disagree with, but bitch gets it done, man. She just smothers people with her massive grandma tits until they're like, no more. I'll do whatever you say. That was pretty good. Uh, Doc Bailey, I just read that. Cam C. Hey, guys, love the show. Uh, de Blasio's wife was wearing a mask with well-known criminal symbology on it. Thanks for the content. As always, we did talk about that, Cam. I must be really far behind in these. Or is that um, different? I wonder if that's, di- is that the same pedophile symbol or is there a different thing that he's talking about? Um, winter been a while since I've donated life kept me busy. Wish y'all a good night. Simple as thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad to see you back. Thank you. Um, Happy New Year. Gosh, and Jesus, no, no one has confronted me for not wearing a mask in public. I guess it helps to be six foot five and over 300 pounds, but it just goes to show that these lefties only confront people they can bully. Um, nobody says shit to my husband either. That's true. And just anecdotally, my wife works at a grocery store, but if the people who do this at the grocery store who go after shoppers, who go after other shoppers, commonly men going after women isn't that interesting you don't see men going after big strong tough men you see them taking on the weak people they perceive to be weaker than them it's like that we've seen examples of this in any other context you would call a man following a woman around a grocery store threatening her a creepy stalker because he is in this context he's some kind of hero and um and yeah to that point i i to this day, I've never had a rando confront me. Only store management or store employees. Um, but I've never had a random person, let alone like a big, strong, tough guy, come up and try to be forceful with me. Uh, Kaylee Izaroff says, I wish I were bold enough to not wear a mask. We have MOL officials on job sites here in Toronto. $880 ticket for being caught without. The recent arrest in Quebec. 
makes me fearful for the future. Yeah. I mean, I was really hard on people that were still wearing masks until I did some travel in the rest of the country. And I realized how much worse it is everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have a bunch of money to pay exorbitant fines, because at some point, if you don't pay the fines, like people are going to start getting imprisoned. Yeah. Until they let you out of prison because of coronavirus. That's how that will go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a revolving door. Yeah. Let's see. Take my money, you dirty money grubbers, and check out a terrible article on DW about Fauci disputing the death account from Trump. Sad. They didn't mention all the deaths that shouldn't be counted. Hmm, I haven't seen that one, so I'll have to check it out. But praise be upon Fauci, of course. I would never say anything otherwise. Uh, he's a, an asset to this country. Uh, Paul B says the year of the continental army's birth here, here, the American flag is the new rebel flag. They don't like the constitution and we don't need 50 stars. We can knock off as many as is needed. We can I shake agree. off at least half of them. We can yeah, shake off at least 25. We can uh, make a more interesting Zach. arrangement of the stars again, like the historical flags. Yep. Uh, Tucky yeah. Zach says at and blonde, can I get an official guess when next U S civil war will break out? talking open fighting in the streets, military involvement, et cetera. Um, hmm. My prediction is late 2021. I just don't think it's going to get violently, consistently hot in that way. Maybe I, it could happen. I think we're more likely the people who are all about this stuff, they attack in more underhanded ways. They go after you financially. They try to cripple. You. It's like you were saying earlier, they try to make your life unlivable. They're not going to try to fight you with fists or guns because they're not particularly strong in that area. So yeah. this is going to be a weird conflict to me. It's going to be more indirect. And that's why it's harder to define. Like when has it started? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we'll certainly see street fights this year because we've seen them every year. But are you talking like an everyday battle by battle formal war type thing? I don't see that happening. But we'll see. Mm. We will see. Um, Aleda says, I'm going down to D.C. for the sixth. Like Biden said on that Zoom clip, this country is doomed because whites will be a minority soon. Our values die with our demographics, but I have to do something. Um there is also an event in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, I think we're supposed to meet. I should look it up on my phone. I think they're supposed to meet at Walgreens on 95 on the 6th. There's a whole um, bunch of events of events going on here, too. Various county courthouses, the state capitol, all that stuff. Yep. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Mark Laflamme says, Tim Pool is proving every day that Blonde is right about him. He's either ignorant or craven, possibly both, since he tends to take both sides on every position. I find that an intolerably annoying quality in any person. It's not Tim Pool specific. Um, but I think that you can evaluate an idea from both sides until you've really explored it to the greatest extent that you possibly can. And then you have to, uh, take a fucking side, uh, take a side, man. A side. Be nice to Tim. Tim you know, I love I'll, him. I think that he is one rock on the pond that leads to the daily stormer and we need him <laughs> to get everybody to Andrew Anglin. That's what, you know, we need him pool. I'm sure but, he uh, would appreciate that compliment and he would know that's the best he's going to get out of blonde. So take it or leave it. Gosh, she finally said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, joking. No. So the point okay. that you're making too, and I, 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 I think it's crucially important to understand both sides of an argument, but yeah, I agree that when you do, you, how often do you, do you thoroughly understand both sides of a case and think it's it's really a toss up here? You, you can't you can't make a decision one way or another. It happens. And I'm not accusing Tim of this. I'm just saying that 
I agree with your point that when you thoroughly investigate, the side on which you stand generally becomes clearer, not muddier. The one thing I would say to an audience, too, is just be cautious. I think one thing, as a fellow accused fence sitter like Tim Pool, which I don't think I am, but people accuse me of that, don't confuse considering the arguments as endorsing either one of those arguments. You have to consider them to arrive at that conclusion. Right. And if you don't do what Tim does, you could end up um, making completely emotional decisions like I do, and then basically having no principles because you're governed by your emotions. And that, where I am, it's a dangerous place to be. You know, if the whole world was like me, uh, there would just be, you know, cars burning in the street. It would just be total chaos. Okay. (laughs) The war would have been five years ago. Yeah, totally. Um, MB St. John. No, no. Thank you, sir. Uh, or ma'am. I don't know. Stephen Cooper as a Colorado citizen citizen. <clears throat> I understand your pain blonde Weld County can only do so much. I know it's such a beautiful state filled with so many retards and Denver is the most charmless city I have ever been to in my life outside of Los Angeles. I Gross. always thought Colorado was just Montana with uh, Hillary voters and illegals. But now Montana is just Montana with Biden voters and illegals. We're like five years behind them. So I can't even dump I can't even dump on Colorado because it's like they're just a little further along on the trajectory than we are. Uh donate 2K in lieu of the canceled Rose Parade, 130-year tradition in Pasadena. There was a blocks long Trump parade down Colorado Boulevard on New Year's morning. We'll tweet Matt the photos. That's great. Mm. Um, thank you for that. Uh, Zed Dez need some COVID courage. Watch the interviews on truth matters, YouTube channel, which will be part of the upcoming documentary planet lockdown, namely interviews with Catherine, Catherine Austin Fitz, Pam Popper and Reiner Fulmick. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, Megan Branshaw. Branshaw. I'm sorry, Megan. I fucked up your name. Uh, thanks so much, Blonde and Matt. For the Sandy Safe Space, my husband and I have had three kids in three years, and we look forward wow. to watching the show after the kids go down. Wishing a happy 2021 to you both. Thank you so much. Um, this is definitely appropriate family viewing. You know, we we never cuss. We only talk about child friendly things. So casual violence never discussed. It is a good <laughs> or endorsed. Decision. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, trying to get my brother to listen to Legal Man. Getting everybody to listen to Legal Man. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with him. His, his, I, I will plug it on every show. I don't care. The Quash on Apple Tunes and his U.S. Law Review at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. Um, I love his show, but he has the filthiest mouth. And so I can't get my brother to listen to his um, to his podcast because he can't listen to it around his kids. Which oh. made me think, like, maybe some people in our audience are in that situation where they yeah. can't listen to it. Fuck them. That's what I say. <laughs> maybe we should clean up our act a little bit. And by we... No, that's submitting to Cindy and only true fans will know the Cindy reference. I do want more people (laughs) to listen. And if you're talking about complex political topics, then kids aren't going to know what the hell is going on. She's like, maybe I should just stop cussing. You do you. Uh, You know, I can't, I can't advise in that regard. I can't have Adeline running around being like, fuck, 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 you know. Seriously speaking, I think bad words used appropriately and well are funny, forceful, all of that used gratuitously for no real purpose or value. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of that, but it's really bad. I have a, I don't, it's bad. I don't want to sit here and think about every single word that critically you just, you, you do you and we'll carry on. I know, but it's also very unfeminine. I don't know. I'm going to have to change some things in the next six months (laughs) because she's starting to 
Yeah, me a lot. The Silver Stacking Airman says, hey, Mountain Blonde, headed to Korea this week. I was so excited to go pre-election, but now that Biden might be president, it's going to be a real nail biter. Mm. Uh, well, good luck. I don't know. I mean, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Uh, Jenny Beth. I'm a programmer and I use a lot of third party libraries for my job. Uh, when I look through their documentation, a lot of them have a BLM banner at the top of the page. I use Adblock to remove them. Mm. Um, I've got a bunch. Uh, let me check on the baby. Actually, we can probably get through these. Okay. Um, where did I stop? Robert Franklin is next. Um, tread on those who tread on you. Great shirt, Matt. It warms my soul to see the right wing waking up to the police. They support the system, not us. The New York bill was originally proposed last year. Hopefully won't leave the committee. Did you just show everybody your boobies? What does your shirt say? Yeah, it's the, it's, it says tread on them under the picture of the killdozer. <laughs> this is the slow transformation. All right. I'm coming around to the perspective of tread on them. Uh, 2020, 2021 might be the year of tread on them. So I uh, thought it might be appropriate. Uh, David C. By the way, I drove through Georgia and they have signs up saying that by law, places can't be held liable if you contract or die from COVID and you enter at your own risk. Way to go, Georgia. Love you guys. That's awesome. It's great to hear. J. Edgar. Matt and I once made love in his new studio space. He wanted to be a father in 2021, but we pretended to make him a mother, if you know what I mean. All right. Thank you. Liberty. <laughs> Hey guys, I grew up in an urban redneck community where if you said the wrong thing to someone, they would sock you in a second. These maskers who confront people have never dealt with that reality. That is true. It, yeah. In prior times, if you confronted someone forcefully, you would expect a physical response. And um, I don't think that that's unwarranted. You can't just... You can't just get in people's faces and try to be forceful and expect no consequences. I think that's a product of the internet age. We think we can just uh, push people around and not uh, pay any price for that. Incompetent hands 30. The left used a coup coup against Trump, (laughs) obliterated the economy, ruined elections, and convinced America to dress like Antifa to go outside. They can't. They couldn't say good riddance 2020 without a huge grin. They did accomplish a lot this year. Yeah. Back. Hayden R says London BLM firework were stunning and brave. Ain't that the truth? Um, Bethany W. Anyone going to DC from Maine, New England, looking for a ride or a room share? Uh, contact Bethany W. You can find her in the super chats. Right. The now. way I usually handle these things too is uh, if there's somebody out there from Maine who's going to DC for the events, uh, why don't you both just send me an email and I'll connect you guys if that happens. That's usually the easiest way. So. Bethany, send me an email. If anyone's traveling Maine, D.C., send me an email. Maybe I can help you guys out. Ben Smith, I'm autistic in case you two haven't gathered from my previous Super Chats. Nope. Um, This time has been so difficult for me as far as dealing with social interactions. I was doing okay, but I've lost eight years of work. I bet, Uh, That's really hard. And uh, and people with um, mental illness, I'm sure, are really struggling. I know that people with uh, that that are addicts and alcoholics must be very seriously struggling in this time. Yeah. I'm likening all of these conditions, but you know, people of all types that need social interactions, uh, to better their lives and to, to make everything more normal. And it's, this has just been a really, really hard time. There are great consequences for the lockdowns, uh, non-monetary consequences that uh, few people have the courage to discuss. Yeah. If you're a person who struggles with social interaction and social norms and all that in, in a normal context, this is, impossible to navigate. I was just getting the mail the other day and we have like a residential mailbox. It's not outside my house. You know, I got to go down the block to a group mailbox to get my mail. So I'm standing there, my car's parked. I'm getting my mail. I'm shuffling through my mail 
and some older woman, not that old, like middle-aged woman who is a neighbor of mine. I don't know her, but she's, she gets out of her car and she's walking at me like hesitantly. And she announces, she says, okay, my mailbox is this one. I'm going to move toward you to get my mail. If that's okay with you. <laughs> and I looked at her and I kind of laughed like that a little bit. And I didn't want to, cause I feel she's trying to be nice to me is what she's trying to do. But I said, yeah, that, that's fine. But I'm thinking like, what a bizarre world where this woman has to approach me so hesitantly walking, literally walking on eggshells to get her damn mail because she thinks I might freak out at her for being within like three, four, five feet of me. What a, what a weird time. This is the stuff that's impossible to navigate. If you're the sort of person who has a pre-existing difficulty with navigating those sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe that all of these problems could be solved by everybody wiping their boogers on at least one thing a day. Yeah. Make it the new normal. Yeah, totally. Um, otter's going to ought. <laughs> Hey guys, just want to say I found a lady friend in part while taking while talking about your show. Hmm, keep rocking. P.S. When Matt talks other talks, other blonde seems to duck low. Yeah, it's an issue with uh, Google's software that we're we're working on addressing, but it kind of it's intermittent, and we have to um we have certain there's certain software limitations that we have to navigate. So we're we're aware, and I'm trying to find the best thing that we can use. But yeah, I know it's a, a pain sometimes. Um, we, we skipped a few, didn't we? I think we skipped so. a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. We left off. We left off on Ben. We were talking about Ben Smith. Oh, we're talk, uh, reading Ben Smith's and then we skipped way, way up. Oh crap. But I have uh, next up was Tori D another basketball American life cut short. Dude, dude I can't read that. <laughs> Thank you. Aster, uh, Xanthius King. Thanks for supporting the show. Shadow Guardian. The small towns in Colorado don't care. It's just the the lefty front range that's cucking. Maybe. Um, Ovid says, if you wrap yourself around a tree while sending a text about coronavirus, it's technically a corona-related death. Hashtag this was preventable. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Mr. Maybe really quick. Okay. Mr. Rich Low Pitch says, Blonde uh, says, quote, I'm going to try to be more positive insert name of J Jonah Jameson laughing at Peter Parker and then saying, uh, are you serious? Oh, I don't, do I have that one handy? I don't think I do. I have, I have that clip for some intro purposes, but I don't have that one on hand. Unfortunately. Thank you, sir. Uh, don't day two K here in LA. My friend just got a positive COVID test on Thursday, not wanting to be locked out of work for two weeks. He got another one yesterday and tested negative. Gotta love the science trademark term restricted copyright. Yeah, there you go. That's one way around the system. Alata says, uh, I personally know two nurses who had COVID-19 and got over it with minor symptoms. They've recently been posting about getting the vaccine. It's insanity. If immunity can't be developed, then what is the point of the vaccine? Yeah, to make the mild symptoms more mild is seemingly the point at this at this point. Angel of RN Jesus. Milk toast fence sitter Tim Pool has a great name for cops that enforce the lockdown. He calls them oath breakers. Well, that's not that milk toast or fence sitting. That's a good term. And I truly believe he, uh, or I truly believe we need to start using the name, this name and shunning them out of normal society. See ripping on Tim pool, but that that's a perfect way to describe them. That's exactly what they are. Be nice to Tim. Why, why, why have I become the de facto Tim, Tim defender? He does good work and he's a highly motivated journalist that talks yeah. about important topics. Uh, 
And yeah. and that's the thing. I want to be clear about anybody in this environment who has succeeded to the degree that he has. It's not an issue of agreement. It's not an issue of criticism of their product or whatever. If you're able to build something out of nothing as he has and uh, and accumulate the following that he has, trust me, it's not easy to do. And I I respect that achievement from whoever does it. So it's so good for him. Yeah, pick a side. Tim. <laughs> Get the slivers out of your butthole from all that uh, fence setting. Come on. Semper ad meliora. Tinfoil hat take. Responding to public sympathy for cops over the summer, leftist snakes implement pseudo-communist laws and use cops to implement them, implement them, thus sowing the division in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a police pawn in that arrangement, that you, you got to evaluate, you know? And I know everybody's got a job to do and a family to feed. So do the people that you're shutting down. And if you have to abstain from doing that on principle, well, that's not much more difficult of an ask than going in and forcing other people to do it. I know it's not convenient, but nothing about this shit is convenient. That's kind of the point. Joseph. Uh, Joseph says, you catch the story of the crazy man who took an ax to the office of the North Dakota governor. I did not. I saw that. I think it was a few weeks ago. If I'm thinking of the story, Uh, I thought it was a senator in North Dakota, unless there's a new story that came out. Maybe this is a new one. Someone went to a Senate office, I thought, in North Dakota and did that. And if it's the same one I'm thinking of, he literally walked up to the door of the place in an office building and started bashing on it with what looked like a baseball bat, but maybe it was an ax. And he was wearing a mask while doing it. So, and not, not like a criminal ski mask, like a coronavirus you know, medical mask or a cloth mask. Wait, you- I'm lame. Come on, man. Yeah. Oh. Um, Jenny Bath says if 40% of police families experience domestic violence, it really makes you wonder how few a few bad apples there are in the police force. I know, I know that's true. It's an inconvenient statistic that is is true as far as I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But I do hear people on the right that always want to talk about like race and crime statistics, but will not touch the police statistics. On yeah, at, the end, at the end of the day, those sorts of things vary no matter how you cut them demographically. And that doesn't viewing those differences and trying to understand them is not a, a prejudice thing. And they're, they are statistical realities. The question is why? So it's a valid yeah, it's question. Co- it's and attorneys that are really high in domestic abuse. Might just be and the of course, stress of the lawyer job. Yeah. Well, and the cop job too. They're both high stress, but. Being lesbian, of course, is incredibly stressful. You got to keep your hair so short and everything. And that's inherently ingrained. That's genetically defined. That's what that is. <laughs> Or always matter. Yeah. Knuckle hunky buck. Ah, oh, hell no. Nah. I ain't even trying to her that y'all got to put a mask on bullish. Hmm. Uh, I assume that's about the two black chicks fighting. Um, David C the last one, last one, because I'm watching behind schedule, but the best dumpster defender is obviously Kyle Rittenhouse. Hey, that's true. He did a valiant job. I, fair point. Um, this is hilarious. Rafael Salvador can confirm blonde and this he's from the Philippines that Filipino doctor is fake as fuck, especially if he has an accent. I think it was a woman too. source. I'm Filipino and our migrants we send to the U S come in four flavors, nurses, teachers, nannies, and green card prize. <laughs> Funny answer. I, I guess. <laughs> Eric K. Matt, did you hear about the three New York synagogues vandalized? It ended up being a Jewish man. Yes. Did you did, hear about that? Is that the one that you sent? I can't remember it. I might've seen it, but, uh, Oh, yeah, I missed it for the hoax hate, I guess. New York synagogues were vandalized and they got like a, a perfectly clear video capture of the guy's face. And he had, um, telling physiognomy <laughs> come okay. to find out his name was like 
Ari something, you know, he was like sure. super Jew. Was he yeah, a so. member of any of the synagogues? Was that established or did they make a connection? Or was I mean, he they're just all a member of one synagogue. Okay. Uh, all no, right, I think carry he was on. Just hoaxing, hoaxing the hate. And then he still got charged with a hate crime, which I, I guess is fair. Well, I, I, if you vandalized property with a bias intent, which I guess he did. Yeah, he should be charged. Yeah. So should Jesse. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Rob Dab says, um, have some of my New Zealand government bucks before I stop being a leech on society tomorrow and start my new job. Also, you need to play Kodor 2 with a few mods. One specifically adds fixes proper game content. It's so old now. I probably won't go back. It's Knights of the Old Republic too. It's a Star Wars game. Uh, I Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to play it on PC and... I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll be going back to play that one, but maybe it was better. I, I don't know. Rafael Salvador said, also forgot to mention earlier, happy new year's guys. We all survived 2021 together without going ape shit. I don't know about you. It's <laughs> speak, been a rough year. Yeah. Speak for yourself, but uh, congratulations. Leda <laughs> um, says the tranny Rachel Maddow clip is just more evidence that we can't have a rational society without mental asylums. Can you not write mental asylums in there? Probably not. That's insane. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, here's to um, involuntary. What's the word I'm looking for? It's that time of the day where I my brain commitment. There it is. Detention. Yeah. Yeah. Seagram's chin. Um, there's no water in this, and I've just been continuing to try to drink out of it. Matt, I think Luna from your polyamorous family photo is an older child. Her smile structure matches the two other kids and Brinifer. She probably bailed on them when she turned 18 to escape. Oh, oh maybe. Because I, I don't know who Luna is. So Luna, I don't have the picture handy anymore, unfortunately. I closed it out. But uh, maybe. I, it, and then the question, so if that's the case, the question is still, okay, so when did the polyamory begin? Because why wasn't Gwendolyn pictured in that picture that was a year and a half ago, 2019? I like Nobody that name, knows. too. An angry weeb. What are the right wing death squads? Where are the right wing death squads when you need them? No comment. Um, Ryan Cooper said that nuclear family has an extra atom. <laughs> uh, as in ADA. Uh, yeah. Adam and Eve. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Collins referencing the weird three way Luna. The former participant is the bio mother looking that the hair color is the bio mother. <laughs> Who knows? All theories about Luna are welcomed. Maybe Luna is the biological mom. That's what the chatter is saying. I don't know. Uh, I Jack haven't even confirmed that the Rachel Maddow looking chick is the mom. I've just assumed. But who knows? Yeah, that's true. She is a person with a uterus or whatever. Supposedly. They want to be called. Uh, Jack Logan Smith. Uh, per Norse mythology, the god Heimdall has nine biological mothers. Hmm. So it must be that. They must be... Uh, they must be into their Norse mythology. Aladdin's a nightmare. St. Louis police officer told to arrest kids doing donuts in the parking lot. Office goes to the nearest donut shop. Maybe hey that's, yo. yeah, that's what caused it. Leg says I volunteer as an elementary school, Sunday school teacher. On the one hand, I don't think six, seven year olds should be into politics. And the other, it was nice when a kid said Biden. <laughs> Biden won because he cheated. Yeah. Heartwarming. <laughs> Um, I read Otter's going to, uh, Andrew yeah. says, anyone ever notice how the narrative around the Rona is that you're trying to kill grandma? Does no one care about grandpa? That's true. Yes. What about grandpa? The fair question. Higher chance that grandpa's heart disease. Thoughts and blogs. Remember to close the show like Congress. 
a man and a woman. Yeah. Did you hear that? I couldn't tell if they were serious. So I just opted Probably. not to play that because they're de they're degendering their terms in Congress. It's one of Pelosi's initiatives. And they said, yeah, it's not a man or a man. It's a woman or a woman. As in the closure of a prayer. Eric Burns, Marsha, voting change anything, they would make it illegal. Emma Goldman, yeah. Polaris 9. I thought that was a um, Mark Twain quote. Uh, I don't Is know. Is it? Uh, Polaris uh, 9. I, I don't know the source of that one. Uh, late to the show, I started wearing a real gas mask as a joke. Don't wear it. Don't know. Don't ask where it came from. Um, had some laughs in store. Then the compliment started. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> this should not be okay. I mean, maybe yeah. they're doing it just like you are. Yeah. Um, do you know the character Bane? The Batman character? Yeah. Uh, my brother got this mask, the Bane mask, and it's just got like all these holes. <laughs> like <laughs> he's been kicked out of a few places. Because uh, of the holes? Well, they're not like little holes. It's like, yeah, yeah. Pl- like three strips of plastic and yeah. like everything else. Been. Yeah. And he has another mask that says this is psychological warfare. So Good. I wore that one around. I'm like, but the very act of wearing a mask. Is- yeah. Um, Samuel Eddy, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. I know Eric Burns, March Blonde. Thanks for the comment about Tim Pool being a gateway drug to the right. I needed a good laugh after surprise cringe. Why are we giving money to Pakistan? when we don't understand gender. I don't, it, maybe it's just like full circle thing. Like we're going to reestablish patriarchy in one way or another, no matter yeah. what, like we're just going to come back to center. And if that means that a truly patriarchal society that does not give a fuck about us is going to take over our country, then like we're ripe for the picking. I don't know what to say. Yeah. What, there is an irony there. It is definitely possible that the Pakistani perspective on gender is more objectively correct than ours. Possible. It's definitely more correct. Well, I mean, these people are still fringe. That's what I'm saying. But like that, that shit probably gets shut. Like the shit we watched in surprise cringe, cringe that probably gets shut down in Pakistan. They don't have that. Uh, yeah. They would um, chop off Rachel Maddow's head, right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Honor killing, um, probably. Yeah. Are you caught up in here? I need to reload really quick. Sure. Uh, Jonathan Smith says, I'm supposed to listen to doctors and nurses about health concerns. Then they can listen to a veteran about freedom concerns. Yeah, fair point. Esoterica Unbound says, you guys need at least three kids playing man-on-man defense. You assume everything the kids do is about your parenting. Once you have to play zone defense, you realize uh, you're just along for the ride and it's much more fun. I, I definitely would like to have at least three and I'm sure, uh, well, I, I'm sure what was your, what was your goal? Something in the three range too, or are you said well, two? So, you know, it just depends on how long it takes me to get pregnant and how the next one goes. But honestly, if it's a boy, I don't, I don't know if I can, if I can do a third, hmm. it's been rough on me psychologically and sure. like labor was so dramatic. I'm, I'm not sure you know, also for everyone that's up against me on this one, it's not my job to single-handedly repopulate the white race. I'm doing what I can here. <laughs> okay. People are so up my ass. Like, have have so many kids, have as many kids as you can. Like, like, okay, like I, I'm doing what I can. All right. <laughs> I still like to think about my mental health and well-being here. Chris Hines says, um, "Matt, I once made love. We concealed it as long as we could. Matt couldn't sit down normally until the piece was removed. That that one could be true, to be honest. That's how my experience goes." Evil zombie toe. Military posts are just returning from holiday back 
uh, black leave. We're all on mandatory seven day restriction of movement. And there's a hundred percent mandatory COVID test for anyone who took leave in Santa. Yeah, good. Well, thank yes. you for, for your service to the country and hopefully some sanity will be restored. Knuckle hunky bunk says knuckle hunky bunk is making me read knuckle hunky buck because knuckle hunky buck knows. I struggle to say knuckle hunky buck. I probably said it wrong at least two or three times in that reading. Uh, Zinc Orby says, I was just doing my job was used in Nuremberg. I'm just doing my job is used by California cops. Well, in that context, I was just doing my job is actually Blonde's Creed. It's not a, a moral failure. <laughs> it's a it's a job well done that day or that, those yep. years. Okay, I think uh, I think we're pretty much all set. Um, let me. Oh, I was going to suggest some movies to you on the show because oh. I want there to be public accountability. You still haven't watched Tremors, have you? No, I don't even remember when that was brought up. Oh my God. Okay. You need to watch Tremors okay. and then you need to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Have you ever seen that? No. My brother made me watch all these movies and I'm, I was, I was totally geeking out because I had never seen Total Recall and it was so awesome. The eighties, it was just a great time for film. It was just great. And you still haven't seen They Live, right? No. Oh my God. I wish I could be you so I could see these films again. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Start with those three. All right, I suppose. Um, Crypto Crook says I missed his first message today. Uh, that's the last one over on Streamlabs. Uh, what did I miss here? Um, I think I got them all, didn't I? Yeah. Um, Happy New Year, Matt and Blonde. Let's hope that 2021 will be at least no worse than 2020. I'm not asking for much, am I? That might have been the one that I missed. Um if that's what you're asking, you surely are asking for too much. Tread carefully into 2021. The arbitrary passing of one number to the other uh, over the last few days, 2020 to 2021, does not actually mean that the insanity through which we have lived is going to be relieved anytime soon. In fact, the trajectory, in my estimation, is worsening. But we will oh, yeah, still we're screwed. we'll still laugh our way through it, and we'll fight the good fight as we uh, as we are always committed to doing. Anyway, that's it. Um, thanks for hanging out with us live tonight, guys. Very much appreciated. Hope you all had a happy New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, holiday experience with your uh, friends and family. Had some relaxation away from the nonsense of the world. And thanks for keeping us in touch with the facts along the way. If you're listening uh, later on demand on YouTube or BitChute or DLive, wherever you catch the show, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. We've got more material. Uh, you can listen back to the Wednesday call-in show. You can listen to extra interviews we've done you might not find on YouTube, all on the audio platforms. They're linked in the uh, YouTube description as well as on the website. You can check those out. And you can always email us. That's beautyinthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday, assuming the world survives. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Have a great night, everybody. Bye, guys.